This podcast is sponsored in part by Benjamin Hart. That's me! And yours truly, Zach Arnold. And by participation from listeners like you. So let's tune in to another episode of IPC. 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 The Intergalactic Peace Coalition Podcast. All the galaxies. All for you. Kicking it a little bit retro this week, but no less fun. It is the 351st episode of the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast, and the very first episode to be broadcast on the brand new Mixler page for Zach Arnold Productions patent pending. Hello everyone and welcome to the IPC podcast. I am Zach, I'm one of your hosts, and we've got a brand new format for a show that has been standing around for the last eight Years. That's right. Eight years later, we're still coming up with new and interesting ways to bring you entertainment and sci-fi pop culture content. And by we, I mean I am not alone. Joining me, as he pretty much always does on just about every episode of IPC, been there since day one, and he's back for day 351. It's my friend and my co-host, and I still say he is one of the best producers of spare ribs in the Bible Belt. (laughs) It's Mr. Ben Hart. Ben, so good to have you back talking more geek and pop culture stuff tonight, dude. Oh, it is my pleasure as always. And 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 really especially tonight. I you know, I know it's uh it's a bit weird, but I, I kinda like this. I kinda like this. Kind of kicking it old school, doing it a little bit differently. So good to have you back, back on the talking. old mixler. Um so yeah, we're we're trying some new things, guys. We're trying to just some different things. Um we love seeing you guys, we love when you can see us, but also, you know, sometimes we just like to switch switch it up. So uh we'll see how it goes and see how this goes. But uh yeah, this is uh very weird not seeing your face, Zach. <laughs> I know, right? Because I've gotten for so long, I got used to not seeing it, and then I got used to seeing it for a while, and now we're back to this. Um, so, and and you know, we'll 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 see how it goes. But uh, yeah, we have some interesting things to talk about tonight. Um, we have a, a little different show format for you guys. I hope you guys enjoy this, and definitely let us know if you do, um, or don't. Actually, yeah. Either way, I mean, it's up to you. But uh, let us know anyway, and uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Our friend Jesse in the chat says that his D&D campaign got uh, canceled, which is why he's ah! he's here with us tonight for the whole episode. So, I mean, that's a, that's a bummer, Jesse, but we're glad you're here. Um, I seem to be having some microphone issues. I, I hear myself just a little bit, so if y'all are hearing a bit of an echo, we're working to fix it, and we appreciate your patience. I was fiddling with some stuff, trying to get Ben to not sound as loud, and I think I did something to myself uh, on my mixer here, so mm. we're uh, we're working to figure it out, and uh, ooh, that's even worse. <laughs> thanks, thanks for your patience as, uh, as we try to figure out exactly what's going on. Um, I think that may have fixed it. We'll see. I don't know. I'm I'm really confused. We'll find out together, won't we? I guess I guess so. But uh, yeah, this is Mixler.com slash Zach-Arnold-Productions. Uh, ZAP is a uh, multimedia group that I am working on starting up. 
in order to produce things like podcast episodes, but also do things like football and baseball broadcasts, along with some other things that are pertaining to my degree, which is in communications. And so um, this was just the logical step in pursuing that, in being able to, um, to, to have a platform to be able to do those broadcasts from. I've got another page that's called Mixler.com slash Varsity which is where I've been doing stuff for the local high school. There's like over a hundred um, pieces of, of material over there, but uh, I wanted something that was like a fresh start. And what better way to get that fresh start on the ZAP page than by doing a episode of a podcast that I've been a part of for the last eight years. So I'm really excited, there and I hope I hope you guys are just as excited to, to tune into what we've got. And we're going to kick it off in a really new and interesting way, and it's, it's going to be something that actually incorporates uh, the love of my life. We've got something that we're going to call the Edna's Icebreaker Discussion. And basically, in this new show format, my fiancé comes up with a discussion for us to talk about right off the top of the show. Before we dive into the things like what are we watching, get us caught up on the different movies and shows that we've been watching, some local pop culture news and things like that, uh, along with a top five discussion, which has been a very popular piece of conversation on previous episodes of IPC, and we're going to be doing our top five dinosaur species. Uh, All that and so much more happening here on the IPC podcast. But first, the icebreaker discussion, Ben. You just came from Star Wars Celebration not too long ago. Yeah. And I took my fiance to her first Comic Con about two weeks ago. And so that just kind of organically brought up the idea of what was your favorite Comic Con slash celebration celebrity encounter? And I know we literally just came up with this like three minutes before we went live, so I don't know if you've had a whole lot of time to think about it, but she had a really cool encounter meeting the leading man of the TV show, Dexter, Michael C. Hall. He was about to go for a photo session, so people were kind of dipping out of his line because they knew that he was about to leave, and we actually got to the front of the line right before he went to his photo session. And so we were able to get his autograph. We were able to talk to him for, you know, very briefly, but just tell him how much we enjoy the show, how much we enjoy his performance, that kind of thing. And it was like one of the first things we did at Comic-Con. So like right off the bat, she gets to meet one of her favorite actors, which was really, really oh, cool. that's great. And, and it just kind of made for a really fun day the whole rest of the day at the convention center, getting in line to meet other people, going up and down the show floor. But the whole time, we're carrying around this autograph from Michael C. Hall, and now it's like prominently placed in our living room. So um, that was that was her favorite encounter. And then one of my favorites actually was at that same convention because I met Mr. Data himself, Brent Spiner from oh, Star wow. Trek The Next Generation. And uh, I actually had him make out the autograph to my dad, and I got to give it to my dad as a Father's Day gift. Oh, that's amazing. It was really cool. He he kind of grew up on The Next Generation, and so um, that was like one of his favorite shows when he was about my age, maybe a little bit younger. And so he, uh, he, he opened his gift, and he was like, when did you meet Mr. Data? And I was like, <laughs> yesterday at Comic-Con. And here's the really cool part. Um, his line wasn't very long, and so we actually got to ask him what episode of star trek he would recommend to somebody who's never seen the next generation before 
Mm. Because that's kind of where Edna's at. I'm just slowly introducing her into different facets of Star Trek. And one of the things that I want to show her is The Next Generation because it's kind of a classic. And so being from TNG, I asked him, what would you recommend? And he actually recommended a really good episode. We still haven't watched it yet because, you know, as we're about to talk about in the What Are You Watching segment, um, we're watching a lot of TV right now. And so we haven't gotten around to uh, to that episode he recommended. But it was really cool that he gave it such a personal touch. And so um, those are those are probably the, the, the answers that I would give for, like, favorite Comic-Con celebrity encounter. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I just thought of one. It's the one of the most recent ones, to be honest. Um, it was a celebration in Anaheim this past couple months ago. And uh, it's one that I, I, I swear I told this story somewhere. Apologies if I've told this on this exact podcast because everything runs together. But basically what happened was it was me and a good buddy, Dominic Jones, and we were kind of wandering around the floor. And I can't remember what day it was, but it was kind of like we were just kind of wandering the floor, which is something I, I think it was maybe like Saturday because like the whole – usually you go the whole week and it's like it's hard to like pin down a time to like walk the floor and actually like see everything. You're usually going to panels or whatever else. We finally stopped and did this, go over to the autographing area. And of course there's a lot of different people there, Anthony Daniels, Daniel Logan. A lot of big names. I think Tim Morrison was one of them. Um, so basically, like we just we just wandered around and we mm-hmm. saw you know different ones there, and we happened upon like some of them have really long lines, others don't have any lines, and we happened upon uh, Katie O'Brien. If you don't know who she is, she plays the, which is tragically she does not have a character name. She's just called Comms Officer. From the Mandalorian. And if you remember, there's a kind of specific uh, Imperial officer, a female Imperial officer that's kind of working alongside Moff Gideon in season two of the Mandalorian. And she has no line. So we're like, okay, you know, it's kind of, it's, you kind of almost feel bad for some of these people because like they're in Star Wars, but you know, and they're at Star Wars celebration, but everyone's kind of going for the big, the big fish, the big actors. And, you know, they're, you know, they're kind of sitting there. And so Dominic kind of psyched himself up and said, well, hey, I'm going to go get a I'm going to go get a an autograph like her. She was very reasonably priced. And so I encouraged him. I was like, yeah, go do it. Go get it. So we went over to the autograph counter and got it and went over and spoke to her for a few minutes. And uh, she was very, very nice. And we just got a kind of got a one on one when it's nice when you go up and there's kind of nobody there. And it's kind of like you're you're not like in a line. You get up there and you're competing for airtime with these people. Um, you know, there's a bunch of people around. It's just like we were just us and her for a few minutes, and she was very very nice. And you know, it's it's like getting to have a nice conversation with someone, but also like she was in Star Wars. I, I've seen you in the Mandalorian. It just blows my mind still. Um, and I got to kind of like. Just kind of witnessed the conversation between her and Dominic. Um, didn't participate a whole lot, but I was that was enough for me to go that. So that was a lot of fun, and she was great. And I would highly recommend <clears throat> go, go, go seek out Katie O'Brien if, you, if she's ever at a comic con. Very, very nice, and uh, get her autograph or a photo op. Um, and then also, so we wandered away from that, 
And then we're kind of wandering around the air, autograph area again. And then lo and behold, we walk up and uh, I just kind of like stop and I stop Dominic like, wait, hold on a second. And then Carl Weathers just walks in front of us. And uh, so that was that was very neat to see him like in person. That dude's big. He's a really big person. Well, I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, he was he was he was Creed at one point. Don't you forget? Yeah. Yeah. Like because like, you know, you can't get like it's hard to like tell people's like size on screen, like how big they actually are. You think but like, when you see them in person, especially when they're like right next to you, like he's very tall. And like I'm not. I'm not saying he's fat. I'm saying he's a muscular, big dude. He's tall. And like you can like you understand why they cast him as a boxer, because you can totally believe I could totally see him knocking me out because he's that big. He's probably a very powerful thing and seems to be in very incredible shape and probably could still do it. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you're wandering around celebration. You never know who you're going to bump into. And uh, I think I think Anthony Daniels walked by us one time. And yeah, it's it's Comic Cons, Comic Con celebrations. It's always fun. I'll never forget, you know, I was in uh, I think New Orleans Comic Con, I think, or whatever else and passed by. And oh, yeah, there's there's uh Mike Coulter, aka uh good old Luke Cage and all this kind of stuff. And you know, it's just that's the being in that environment and just walking and saying, Hey, that's I know that person. It's always it it doesn't get old. No, it it never does. I, I remember one of the first Comic Cons I went to, I was just going to the restroom and I passed by Sean Aston. Like I, I just I just walked right by him as as I was on my way in he was on his way out or something like that and i was like i just i i might be using the same stall that samwise gamgee just did (laughs) 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 so i i I get it i i totally get it i think one of my one of my other favorite um comic-con moments was a couple of years back when they um had scheduled peter mayhew to make an appearance and then he had um passed away before he was before he was able to come they left his booth open and set up a memorial for him instead. Yeah, and, I think I remember that was, this. That was, that was really cool, seeing like a guest book that people signed and all of the, the notes and things that they, that they said, um, all, all of the nice pleasantries that, that, that they put out was just awesome. And so um, I, 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 there's always special moments that happen in special places like that. And those are the ones, even if it's a, a small person that doesn't have a character name to, to, to meet them and, and get to talk with them about star Wars from an insider's perspective. Um, that's, that's a really, that's a really cool experience. For sure. Yeah. It's just, it's just always fun to just wander around those places. And, you know, it's, it's like, it's weird because, you don't want to approach them a lot of times, especially if they're walking the floor. Cause like they don't know me, but I know them. I, I'm very familiar with them. And, you know, seeing somebody literally walk off the screen and run in front of you, just, just, it's just, it, it, like I said, it's, it's always just awe inspiring. Well, that just about does it for Edna's icebreaker for this week's edition. By um, the way, I love this segment. I do too. I like this segment a lot. I do Hope too. We bring it back. Yeah, it's totally coming back. Whenever we we start using this uh, this new format, it'll be one of the things we do right off the top, followed immediately by 
um, a little segment that we haven't really given it a, a name yet, but we're essentially getting caught up on all of the things that the other person is also getting caught up on. Because we, we, we like pop culture, we like Star Wars and, and you know Marvel and DC and, and that sort of thing, but uh, usually our watch list is very different and can be eclectic sometimes. So... Um, yeah. So this this next segment is basically just called "What are you watching?" Let's let's get ourselves caught up on some of the things that we have seen recently and give our thoughts on it. It can be spoiler free. It can be spoiler full. Um, however, we want to go about it. We just need to give a spoiler alert, uh, alert warning, I suppose, and, uh, and then we can just kind of go from there. But you know, uh, some of the things are are shows that we've both watched and we may be at different stages. Or maybe one of us is doing rewatches and the other one's watching new content. So, um, yeah, let's let's get into the "What are you watching?" Sh- segment and uh, just find out what's on our playlist right now. Yeah. So um, for me, it's kind of three big things. Of course, I, I feel like there's about like ten different shows that I'm either in the middle of or was watching but had to put off like superman and lois i haven't finished i want to get to strange new worlds you know there's so many different things um and obviously stranger things is out um and the as of today the uh second part of season five dropped um and it's one hour and a half episode one another two and a half hour episode which is bonkers um but I Stranger Things four has been, I dare say, one of the best seasons of television I have ever seen in my life. Like it has wow. been incredible. I love it so much. Um and I'm gonna when I when I get off this podcast, that's my next objective is to watch that first that that second to last episode. Um, because I cannot freaking wait. I've been waiting all day for that. And it's just everything is like it's back to like I didn't not like seasons two and three. I thought they were great, but there's something about this season. Just everything's falling into place and, you know, everything's different because I won't give any spoilers, but like, you know, it, the, the crew has never been farther apart. You know, and there's all these new characters in the first episode. Admittedly, I didn't enjoy as much because it was just so much setup, and it's just like all these different characters and stuff. And it's freaking gruesome. It is gruesome it's it's scary and there's bone snapping and eyeballs being ripped out of their socket it's bad okay it's wow. it's a lot it's a lot um it is it puts the horror in this show like it full stop um they're not holding back this season i've really really enjoyed it um have you got a chance to watch any stranger things so far so we're actually on a rewatch right now because a lot of this stuff We've kind of forgotten, and when I say we, I mean Edna and I. We've same, we, we've, honestly same. We we've gone back through the first two seasons, and we're starting three probably this weekend. So at the rate we're going, we'll probably be able to start four within the next week or two. Um, but I am personally not caught up yet. But from everything that I've heard from all the people that are watching it, it's it's pretty phenomenal, and it's like. It's like carrying the characters forward, which is something that a lot of people have had concerns about is like they've done this for four seasons now. Is it really going to hold up as well as, you know, the iconic first season was able to to drive things? And so um, 
like everything that I've heard about it has been pretty great. And so I'm, I'm excited to, to get caught up on it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I won't spoil anything for you. There's a lot, lot to be discovered there and all the episodes are at least an hour, if more, well, more over an hour long. Um, so it's a lot of content. And uh, I've just really enjoyed it. Just like the new characters are great. The old characters are coming back and they're better than ever. It's it's just it's a lot to take in. And uh, so, yeah, I'm very much enjoying that. Um, obviously, I think we all watched Obi-Wan Kenobi. I think that. Yeah. yeah, I feel like everyone within the sound of my voice is probably caught up on that. I won't give away any spoilers just in case. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I had. I had mixed feelings kind of midway through the seasons. I'm like, where are they going with this? Whatever. And then that final episode really brought it home for me, really brought it home. And I'm biased, okay, because, you know, it's Star Wars. And also, you know, if they give me a really strong last episode of the season, you're going to get me on board. So, like, I'm I'm riding high off that that series, that season series, whatever it's going to be called, finale. Um, not show as a whole was not without its faults for me personally, but I've, I enjoyed it immensely. And, you know, it's, it's, it's very much, you know, a, a lot of, uh, a lot to take in, a lot to take in, especially that last episode. There's just so many things. And, uh, and then also it's like return of the King I, without giving away any spoilers, but like, it's like five different endings on that thing, man. It's a lot. There's a lot to process, a lot to take in. And, and, it, and you're right. Much like Return of the King, there's a lot of those loose ends that it's like, oh, what happens to these characters over here? Oh, that's what happens. And then there's another <laughs> scene that's like, oh, this is the closure we need for this character. Oh, this is the closure for this character. And I, I feel like to a certain extent, it actually does bring a decent amount of closure. Um, but at the same time, I think it also raises several questions about continuity with A New Hope, um, with some of the things that we see even in rebels um you know there there's still a lot about it that i can see why people would um would critique it uh i don't consider myself one of those people i just tried to enjoy it for what it was but um i think there's a lot of people out there and and probably towards the middle of the show i was guilty of this too that i had like these ideas of what I thought it was going to be. And then when it wasn't doing that, um, I got a little frustrated with it. Yeah. I think it's fair. And and so there was, there was some frustration, there was some confusion. um, But ultimately the, the biggest problem that this show had was plot armor. There, there were so many characters that we knew were safe because we were going to be seeing them in future shows and movies. And so I I really was just more confused and frustrated over what happened to the Grand Inquisitor and wasn't, like, surprised to see him, you know, I, I guess this is a spoiler, but I wasn't surprised to see him come back, you know? Yeah, I, I and, and yeah, it's like, is it even a spoiler to say, like, he survived when he was in Rebels from, like, five years ago? <laughs> right, right. And, and then, you know, there's no harm there's no true harm that's going to come to leia because she's going to grow up to become you know carrie fisher there's no harm that's going to come to our main protagonist and our main antagonist because we know their fates in you know george lucas's trilogy and so just based on what they had available to work with i feel like they they put in a really good effort and there was definitely a lot of emotion in that final episode, and it was very much on display 
um, particularly from Ewan and Hayden. Like, their dynamic hasn't really changed a whole lot, you know? Like, the, the two of them just command attention when they're on screen together and yeah and and it yeah. and it happened again in that sixth episode man and it was it was a sight to behold um and and even the writing to a certain extent kind of helped give some closure because it's like he went when uh, he calls him Darth you know that that's <laughs> right. that that's a mild spoiler but at one point he calls him Darth and in in A New Hope, we always just kind of assume that Sir Alec Guinness just thought that was a proper name instead of a title right. and, and just addresses him as Darth. Now it comes across almost derogatorily. Like like <laughs> like like Ewan's version of Ben is, is saying it almost in a sassy manner. Like, this is what you've chosen to be, so this is what I'm gonna call you. Darth. And <laughs> and so like there, there's, there's a, there's a little bit more personalization and bridging the gaps that happens in this show. But then, like I said, there's also a few continuity questions that arise, and so it's, it's definitely worth the watch. Like for anybody that's on the fence, I, I would say that it's definitely worth the watch. But I would just maybe tamper expectations a little bit so that you don't go into it expecting one thing and then getting upset when you get something else. Yeah, I feel like I feel like someone maybe going into it right now after seeing some of the discourse that has been both positive and negative might enjoy it more because you know, they're going in with maybe tempered expectations and not going going this is going to be the best thing ever. Realistically, it's not going to be the best thing ever. Realistically, it's going to be a flawed piece of media that you will have to, you know, have a nuanced opinion about. Um I think this is this is no different. Um, and talking about continuity, I think for me, there are some things that I'm, that I'm struggling with. Honestly, there's some things that I'm like, I don't know. I'm looking at a new hope. and I'm like, okay, how does that work? How does this work? You know, how does, how does that, you know, the relationship between Obi-Wan and Leia work in a new hope, watching a new hope, you know, how does that work after this show? You know, and there's some things that really, really work and some things that don't for me. But I feel like – I said this as much on, on Star Wars Underworld that I think this show fixes more problems than it creates. I'm not saying it doesn't create some problems because I think it definitely does. But you know, it's, uh, you know, it's just it's, – it's, it's the way of the prequel, honestly. It's just you're going to have to accept these things, and they're making new content, and some things will work. Some things won't work. A for effort. I appreciate them making this thing because they didn't have to. And so, you know, people are talking about oh, season two, whatever else. I personally think this is a pretty good place to end it. I think that last episode was really satisfying. Um, even if I, there was other episodes that I wasn't a huge fan of. Um, but, you know, if they, who knows, who knows what's going to happen in the future. Obviously there's more star Wars stuff coming down the pipe and, you know, whether obi-wan or leia whoever shows up next who knows but um i did overall really enjoy the show yeah no i did too i think i gave it like maybe a seven out of ten like i didn't pan it like a lot of people are there are some people that are like oh it's one or two out of five or some crap like that and i'm like no that, that that's i don't think that's fair i i i really don't think that that's a, a fair assessment and i think the other thing that's that that's kind of hurtful is 
Um, I I don't think it makes the show bad just because some people don't understand what the show was trying to do. Right. Like, just because you're confused, that doesn't make the show bad. That just makes you confused. Like, some people need to be able to, like, take a step back and recognize, hey, maybe this art wasn't for me, but that doesn't mean that it's not art. You know, there there, there are some pieces of of modern art that I look at and I'm like, this does not resonate with me at all. Like, I, I went to a, a, a modern art museum one time, and, it, like, in one of the displays, it was just a crumpled up car. And, and I was <laughs> like, wait a second, what, what is this? And for some people, it's like, oh, it, it's a commentary on the, on the shattered state of, of existence, and the cracked mirror means that it's more difficult for us to reflect on our own iniquities and all this other crap. And I'm like, it's a junked car in the display aisle. <laughs> like like for for one person it's art for another person it's not just because it doesn't resonate with me doesn't mean it doesn't belong in that museum it just means i need to go look at something else and right. so if if somebody has problems with this show i'm not saying those problems are not valid but i guess i am suggesting if this isn't the art for you don't call it bad art just say it's not for you right yeah it's yeah Opinions are opinions. You don't have to love it or hate it, but I think uh, a lot of people seem to be uh, very angry about this show, and I don't, I don't know where that's coming from. Honestly, I don't get it. Um, Obi Wan Kenobi is not perfect, but it's, it's not the train wreck some people are making it out to be. So uh, that is what it is. Um, another thing that I, I will say quickly um, that a show that I think is getting overlooked and definitely got some undue hate there for a little while is uh, Miss Marvel show that um i've had a chance to catch up on in recent weeks and it's great like it's not anything groundbreaking i'm not gonna say it's the best marvel show ever it's just fun it's really fun kamala khan is such a fun character um the actress who plays her i forget her name off the top of my head but she's so adorable and so uh charismatic in that role um, and the whole show is just like it's low stakes, fun. It's not about the world's ending or anything like that. It's just she has powers and what's going to happen, and she has adventures, and it's just so much fun. Um, and you know, there's a whole there's a whole episode. There's a dance sequence. There's a wedding and there's a dance sequence, and it's like half the episode is devoted to it. I was like totally into it. I'm like, this is great. I love this. So uh, don't don't believe anyone out on the internet that says that it's garbage, which definitely isn't. I don't know why anyone would say that, but I've seen those comments, but uh, if you definitely get a chance, if you've been uh, busy with Kenobi and stranger things and other things, uh, definitely go check out Miss Marvel. When you get a chance, it's great. It's a Disney plus original, right? It's a Disney plus original. And does it technically fit into the MCU like it's not some sort of a like a weird spin-off is it like this is part of the no, MCU No this is 100% in the MCU this is a show about without giving away any spoilers the first episode the plot of the first episode is Kamala plotting around her very strict parents to go to AvengerCon AvengerCon I can't remember the name of it exactly but it's a 
convention slash party slash event that happens in New York City that is celebrating the Avengers and like everything happening in the MCU. But it's not it's not like Comic Con where it's like, oh, these fictional characters, these are real people in the universe. And they're going there and there's a there's a giant Ant Man head and there's you know stuff like that. And, and of course Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan is a massive, massive, massive fan of uh Captain Marvel. So she's a huge fangirl and she goes there to her goal is to get into the Captain Marvel cosplay contest and win it. Um, and I won't spoil what happens because it doesn't go as planned. Well, obviously, if everything goes as planned, that would make the show completely boring. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that that kind of gives you a taste of like what to expect there. But, yeah, it's definitely it's absolutely in the MCU. Okay. Well, I'm I'm definitely interested, but as I'm about to explain, um, I've got several, several, several <laughs> shows and things on my watch list that it's gonna end up falling by the wayside. Um, as far as what, oh, I get it. Like like what I'm what I'm gonna get caught up on, what I need to get caught up on in preparation for other things. Um, you know, I'm not caught up on Stranger Things, and the longer I wait, the longer I risk being exposed to spoilers. So. Yeah, like, you definitely Stranger Things. If you have not seen it, is the is the is the goal here? It's the priority. Yeah. Um, I would definitely say that Miss Marvel is a show that, like, again, it's fun. It's not super consequential to the, the overall MCU storyline. It's just uh, focused on one young girl just trying to live her life. So. Definitely go to finish up Stranger Things, and uh, I think Miss Marvel maybe I think actually would benefit from more of a binge thing. So, like wait, wait late till later till there's like a bunch of episodes out. I don't know how many episodes actually going to be in this season, but if you catch a few in a row, I think it might actually play better because uh, there's a couple. Of, I think maybe episode episode two or three was like it's kind of slowing down. Whatever else, I think episode four is pretty good. I've heard. I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Well, our friend Jesse's very active in the chat here on the on the ZAP Mixler chat area. Um, for thoughts on Kenobi, said he thought the show was amazing, lacking in some departments, but none of those moments were crucial to the overall story. Uh, he definitely wants spinoffs and sequels if they happen. He says the issues that he's got with Miss Marvel don't pertain to the story, only with the comic book graphics on the wall that are supposed to be mental images or something like that, but not enough to be hating the series over. Uh, apparently, st- stuff like that is what people are hating about it um, for whatever reason, because it's only got like a 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb, but I feel like that's very deceiving. So, Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily trust that. Um, I think uh, there, there's, I won't get into it, but there's some other factors at okay. play there, probably. Um, considering the... The, the nature of the show and, right. and what it's at certain parts of it that are, are very open that certain people have a problem with. I don't know. I'm not even going to get into it, but you, you, you will know what I mean when you watch the show. But uh, I think uh, there's been some shenanigans going on online with reviews and stuff like that. But overall, um, good show. Good show. Um, 
so I've that's basically all I had. Um, what have you been watching? Oh man, I, I've been going to the movies. I've been watching stuff at home. I'll even toss on a sitcom while I'm driving around town because I live in a big metropolitan area and I've got unlimited data, so I can just like use the cell towers to to ping a TV show and play it through my Bluetooth speakers on my truck. And I'm not watching it. I got my phone turned away from me. But there are some sitcoms where all you need to do is like listen to it, and you understand what's going on in the show. So oh, that's great. Like, oh yeah. Like I'll I'll do something like that sometimes every now and then. Um, so things like that would probably be along the lines of Big Bang Theory, Friends, Parks and Rec. Um, some of those I'm introducing slash reintroducing to my fiance. There are some pieces of each of those stories where she's like seen individual episodes, but hasn't seen the whole show. And so um, we're, we're kind of going through those sitcoms at various paces and various intervals. Um, I just finished season one of monsters at work and I'm really happy that it's getting a season two because it's like a direct sequel to monsters Inc. Like it, it follows up what happens to the, the monsters Inc factory after it has to switch from scare power to laugh power. And so you're basically like starting a company from the ground up. Everybody has to figure out how to transition from being scary to being funny. Um, it's got some really good um, voice actors in it. Henry Winkler, the Fonz, is oh. one of is one of the main voice actors, and the guy who does Jonah from the sitcom Superstore. I forget his name off the top of my head, but he's one of the other main characters. Mindy Kaling is one of the main characters. So. Um, it's got, it's got a really good cast and it actually, the season finale happens on the same day as the epilogue scene where Sully sees Boo for the second time. You know how like the, the movie ends with him like opening the shredded door and he hears Kitty and his smile gets all big and then it like cuts to the credits. The season finale of monsters at work is happening on the same day oh my gosh so theoretically season two would be completely uncharted territory in the monsters inc universe interesting and if the show is popular enough and if there's enough demand etc etc there may be an outside chance that boo returns to the monsters inc universe in this show Oh my gosh! Now, how is how is the animation with that? Is it is it similar to like the movies animation? It looks very similar, and I think what's happening is the the animation from what was it two thousand one or something? It was really complex back then, but it's not as complex in two thousand twenty one. You know what I mean? Like right. like maybe maybe they're able to to utilize it a little bit easier now that they've had twenty years to develop it or whatever. But it looks almost just like it like there's a few clarity places and there's a couple of times where like hair doesn't flow as well as it did in the original movie but for the most part it looks almost identical yeah i never really thought about the fact that like obviously pixar movies have come a long way uh but you know when you're doing a sequel you know tie-in to like an older film you know, you know, the and the, the technology's come a long way. They can do a lot more on a, on a smaller budget. So, uh, 
you know, that's cool. From what the clips I saw look very similar to the original movies animation styles. That that's really cool. It it's really fun. It's it's a really fun show. And uh I I, I like the idea of Mike trying to teach other monsters how to be funny. Because him and him and Sully are like the two guys in charge, and they brought back John Goodman and Billy Crystal to do their voices. That's amazing. So they've got like the That's, uh, that just that just adds to like the authenticity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They brought them back, and and some of the stories are kind of wacky, kind of funny. They're very kid friendly, family friendly type of things. But there are some moments where there's actual peril. There are some moments where there's like actual character development. It's a it's a pretty solid show. I enjoyed it. I'd probably give it like a like a eight out of ten. And if they actually do incorporate Boo into the show, then like nine point five, buddy, because that like really adds to the lore of the universe and would be a really big thing to have that happen for the first time in like what twenty years. And it feels like they could easily do it. I mean, obviously, she's a very iconic character from that movie, and that would be a very clout, cr- a big clout, crowd pleaser. Excuse me for not talking. Um, but, you know, it is also like I, I think how they did it in the original movie was just like they followed a baby around and recorded her voice. <laughs> and that's how right. they got the voice for, for Boo. So, like, they could do that again. And probably even better, or use some some archive recordings and bring her back to life. That'd be great. Or we don't. Do we? I mean, could she be a little bit older? Maybe I don't know. You know, I don't know. She sounded about the same age, but who knows? Well, I think it took them several months to maybe a year or year plus to fully make the transition um, from scare to laugh. So. She may be a little bit older. She may be able to talk. Um, the, in the movie, it was meant to be a rather ambiguous time jump, but in the show, it felt more immediate. So um, they might be able to pull stuff, or they, they may just recast and get somebody who can actually do voices and have her you know, come visit sometime towards the second half of season two. Who knows? But yeah, True. that's that's one thing I've been watching. Um I've been catching up on Strange New World. I think I'm behind by like one, maybe two episodes, but I love the episodic content that 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 show has. You could watch just one episode, and that would be the only thing you needed to watch. It, it very, very little ties into whatever happened in the previous episode. It's not serialized like a lot of shows are these days. It's like, this is the problem. This is the resolution to the problem. This is the end of the episode. Okay, wash our hands, clean up, move on to the next one. And so yeah. I've been chomping at the bit to watch that show. I've, I got to I got to resubscribe to to uh, Paramount Plus to get it. Um, but I really want to. And uh, yeah, it looks really good. Like the, one of the recent episodes is like a full on like fantasy episode where they're like playing fantasy versions of themselves. I don't yeah. know what's going on there, but yeah. like I'm I'm interested. Like it looks really great. And people are like, oh, my God, you know. Um, good old Anson Mount, he's showing his range. So I'm like, man, I think that's what you you tweeted that, did you not? Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, I read so much crap on Twitter. I didn't realize I was reading yours. You were reading my crap on Twitter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the most recent episode I watched. I think that was last week's episode. And oh. he's in 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 the show. He's the brave mm-hmm. captain that makes the tough decisions. 
And in this quote-unquote fantasy world type episode, he's a coward. Like his oh his God. his character that he plays is just an outright coward, and and a and a two face whatever. And it's so funny to to see Anson Mount in Star Trek not being Anson Mount in Star Trek. It's it's very jarring, but in like a very entertaining way. And so it it definitely showcased his range because even on the show Hell on Wheels, he's a very staunch, very stoic, tough decision-making type of guy. Um, so that's really all I've ever seen him as. And then seeing him as like this whimsical, cowardly character was just, it was very entertaining. <laughs> that's amazing. So yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very much like her so many great things. And then the most recent episode, apparently, because I saw like one article from, from the, like the title was like, what the, bleep strange new world what did you do like oh i think there's like a i don't want to give away any spoilers potentially but like i heard it was like very aliens inspired so like maybe it gets gets real okay i mean i'd be down because like they they introduced um the gorn who are a a warrior-like species that you see in the original kirk enterprise right um that's the iconic 1v1 battle that captain kirk has with the dinosaur lizard type creature that's that's a member of the gorn species and so they um they They they, go to that strange planet known as california and have a battle yeah pretty much um but apparently this episode is one of the highest rated of the season and it's the penultimate episode apparently the season finale is on uh july 7th so Ooh. and I, I didn't read any spoilers about it, but I heard that this episode has some big consequences. Okay. For a show that for a show that's very episodic, it has some huge consequences maybe for the rest of the series. Interesting. Well, a- again, there's a little bit of, of plot armor involved in this show because you kind of know the fates of several of these characters. Very few of them are gonna die because they're supposed to be accompanying Captain Kirk on his adventures in the coming years. Like, oh no, I wonder what's going to happen to Lieutenant Uhura. Exactly. Oh my goodness. Exactly. You, 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 it's some good character development for sure. Like you, you, You're introducing a character and, and seeing them from a very different perspective, but you also know that not much is going to happen to them. So I, I'm really curious to see what they do with the characters that we don't end up crossing over because there are like some senior staff who don't appear in Kirk's Enterprise. Right. And so those are the ones that I'm kind of on the fence about. It's like, oh, what could happen to them? Oh, what could happen to them? So, yeah, there, there's there's definitely stuff that has potential in there for lasting implications. But up until that eighth episode, everything had been pretty episodic. And I like that about the show. Because I, cool. I could just watch that one episode, be done with it, and move on to watching something else. Very true. Let me see. I'm also getting caught up on Game of Thrones in preparation for um, House of the Dragon, which is coming mm-hmm. out next month. Um, so I'm in season two, maybe season three. I think it's season two. We we haven't been getting as caught up on that because we've been giving our attention to uh, to Stranger Things. So we'll probably go finish Stranger Things and then switch over to Game of Thrones to get ready for House of the Dragon. Even though House of the Dragon's a prequel, I still want to like dive back into the world of Westeros in anticipation of what's to come, you know? I know yeah. I know you're not like a huge Game of Thrones type of person. It's it's never really been your thing, right? 
not yet anyway. I'm 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 kind of I keep dancing around and going like, is this should I jump on this? Should I should I should I get into this? Should I should I watch it? Should, you know, they got the new new show coming out. I'm like, well, is this a good point to jump on? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Well, from what I've heard, the um the new show is going to have a lot more of the stuff that people really really enjoyed about Game of Thrones. So there, there's going to be like some some really deep like character involvement. There's there's going to be a lot more dragons because this is like at the heyday of the time of dragons, um, and the show is literally called House of the Dragon. So you got to have dragons in that show, you know. So right, there's there's some there's some things about it that I'm I'm pretty stoked for, um, but I'm also a little bit nervous because there's a lot of talk right now about a sequel series that's also in the works. It's been confirmed by George R. R. Martin himself that he and Kit Harrington are working on like a Jon Snow spin-off show that's set after the conclusion of Game of Thrones. So interesting. I'm I'm I guess I'm a little nervous that all the attention's going to end up on that show that hasn't even been made yet instead of being on the show that you know has been greenlit is in production post production being released this fall like there's a lot of work that's been on this prequel show and I'm worried that this other show that's in development might end up stealing its thunder it's true it's true it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out but I'm I'm excited I I I like I like the Game of Thrones world building. I like the the characters and and the different houses. I'm actually going to get a tattoo of one of the house sigils because I just I fully identify with that particular group. It may be the first tattoo I ever get is something from Game of Thrones, believe it or not. So Oh, interesting. I I just have to get the the money and the time to line up, you know? Sometimes I've got the time but I can't afford it. Other times I can afford it and I get really busy. So <laughs> I got to get, I got to get my life together before I can tattoo my body up. But I just got to get my life together. period. Yeah, true. That is true. I need, I need, I need, I just need to get my life together. Getting, getting, getting too real here. That's Sorry. a, that's a, that's a fair point. Okay. Um, speaking of dragons, uh, I actually got to see Jurassic world dominion for the fifth time last night. Oh my gosh. Watched it with my dad, and it was his first time. He had summer school. He's a teacher, and so he was doing like some summer school testing type stuff for some of his students and wasn't able to make it on the premiere weekend when I did those four showings in four days. And so to celebrate the end of his testing period and the beginning of his summer, I took him to go watch dominion and there's a scene in dominion where one of the dinosaurs basically looks like a dragon because he swallowed something fiery and then roared and some of the fire came out of his mouth that's what made me think of it um it still holds up man i know there are a lot of people that are still critiquing it and and pulling it apart there's there's one person that is a mutual connection of ours that like dissected it to shreds and I so wanted to lay into them but I decided not to. <laughs> I think you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I I uh I, I wanted I to do love like... interacting on normal posts but uh I will not uh, comment on their movie takes. Yeah, no. not going to go there. No. Not no, because there's a lot of like 
victim card that gets played eventually. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to go there. I don't. Yeah, I don't. You, you know, it's not going to end well. You no. just know stuff's going to happen, and you're just going to end up regretting commenting them. Yep. Everybody has that friend on Facebook. Yeah. It's just like, ugh. Yep. I shouldn't have said anything. I should have just kept my own damn mouth shut. Yep. I just kept on scrolling. I was like, you know what? This isn't worth my time, my energy. You're allowed to just sit there and be wrong in your wrongness. Or just, or is there's always that one person that, of course, I don't have any friends like this, of course. Um, but uh, you always, uh, you post something, especially if it's like controversial. <laughs> And then uh, you see the notification come up. This person coming in your post like, oh, God, I'm not even going to look at it. I'm not even going to look at it, okay? Just leave me be. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm just going to I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm just going to I'm just going to leave it alone. Getting too gonna, again, we're getting too real here. Okay? Hey, but that's a, that's a good thing. Time. That's a good thing. That's part of this new show format. We're allowed to to get a little too real sometimes. Um, Jesse, being very active in the chat, appreciate you doing that, man, says, I cannot understand how this movie has gotten such bad reviews. It's probably the best Jurassic film since the OG Jurassic Park. Um, slight disagree, because I really like Jurassic World, especially after watching season one of Camp Cretaceous and how it ties into the movie. Like, it, it's got a lot of, it's got a lot of things going for it. In, in my opinion, but I do really enjoy this film. I think it's top three for me still. I think I still have it ahead of The Lost World, um, mm. but not by much. I, I I enjoy The Lost World up until the scene in San Diego, so um, I, I, I really, really enjoy this movie, though, and I think my dad enjoyed it, but I think at the same time, he also just enjoys quality time. He he's kind of at that no. he's kind of at that existential stage where he just enjoys spending time with his family, particularly his kids, and so that's really cool. He just he just enjoys being able to go out to the movies. It didn't have to be any particular movie. He just enjoyed going out to the movies with me. You know what I mean? And so really cool. I, I I I feel like maybe he had some critiques of it, but he didn't want to to say them. Because he didn't want to ruin the moment of us being together at the movies. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, he, he intentionally held back for the sake of, like, keeping peace. So, I know he probably had some qualms with it, but I also appreciate that he would rather just enjoy the movie and enjoy the the time spent together. Because, honestly, movie going is so much about the company that you're with also it's about experiencing it with somebody and so to get to experience that with him was a really big deal for me getting to experience things with my fiance or with my friend mondo like that enhances the movie going experience because i'm not just reacting to something i'm also getting to watch them react to something you know oh yeah that's always it's always fun to do that who is who is like your movie person? Like uh, obviously Edna, and then when she can't go, it's Mondo. They're like my movie stalwarts. They're my movie buddies. When you go see a film, are you going with anybody, or do you go stag? I, generally speaking, I am all alone. Sometimes, sometimes there's nobody else in the theater at all. Oh, dude, <laughs> that's I'm, nice. I'm, 
it i have grown to appreciate it i really have you know i i do enjoy i mean come on i've, I've traveled thousands of miles to see movies with you true so you know i love seeing it with people things but you know also when i'm at home and I just want to go watch something you know and i'm just like yeah it, it's nice because i treat the theater more of like it's not about like the communal experience it's like getting out of the house and also giving me excuse to like, get sucked into something. I'm not checking my phone every five minutes. It's right. Like, okay. Put my phone in my pocket. I'm enjoying this. I'm going to turn my brain off for two and a half hours and watch giant screen in front of me and enjoy that. And, uh, and the more, the more people there are around, the more, um, there tends to be incidents. Yeah. Where people are making noise or whatever else, or asking questions. It's uh, it can be a thing. I, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I hate like, you know, to say it, but you know, being the introvert that I am, it's it's kind of nice being alone sometimes. Apparently, that's the that's the consensus in the in the chat. Jesse says most of the time I go stag. Occasionally, I'll go with family, but I prefer going alone. See, for the longest time, I had this social anxiety that I didn't want to be that guy that was going alone. <laughs> Like, I don't know who in the theater was going to be thinking I was that guy because I'm going to see stuff like Star Wars, you know? Like, of course, right. I'm going to be the single nerdy dude going to watch a Star Wars movie. That's like half the theater right there, you know? <laughs> but, like, I had I had this weird complex coming over me that was like, I don't want to be somebody that goes to the movies alone. I didn't know why I had that, but I'm super relieved that I've got a couple of people I can go and see stuff with now. Very rarely do I do I take myself to the movies anymore. I've got AMC A-list. I theoretically could go see a movie after work sometimes if I wanted to, but I I just don't for whatever reason. So, you know, to each their own. I don't I don't judge anybody's viewing preferences, but I think I like going with somebody so that I have somebody that I can process it with after I'm done watching it. Oh yeah, that's the the car ride home discussions are always the best. Well, with Mondo, we we're not in the same car, and so sometimes we'll just hang out in the parking lot and we'll talk in the parking lot for like an hour. That is also those also parking lot discussions are also very fun. Parking lot conversations are are like hilarious and fun all at the same time because there are people that'll be walking by and you're like, oh, how loud should I talk? Should I be like spoiling this movie or no? And then, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. and then, like, sometimes when you're really big nerds like me and Mondo are, we'll be like in costume, and so people will be like, "Hey, Doctor Grant, how's it going?" Like while we're talking, and I'm just like, <laughs> "It's going good, man. Good to see you. Don't know your name, but good to see you." <laughs> but oh my god, it, it's 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 all in fun. We we really like doing those costume things, and I I bought a inflatable T Rex, and I'm hoping to like expand oh. expand our repertoire to a uh, inflatable T-Rex that'll join the party, hopefully by next Comic-Con or something. We'll see. That would be great. Can't wait to see that. Yeah, I, I love those. Like, there, there's, there's, there was one video on TikTok, I think, where this dad wanted to enhance his middle school daughter's solo at a school recital. And it was just in the gymnasium, and she was just playing her solo on the basketball gym floor. And... I think it was a saxophone and her solo recital choice was the Jurassic Park theme. 
And so in an effort to enhance her performance, he went and got in one of those inflatable T-Rex costumes and just started walking up and down the basketball court behind her. <laughs> and I was like, that is dad goals right there. I'm going to oh, I'm going to do that one day probably. <laughs> oh hell yeah. Jesse says if things ever line up, I'll pull off Ian Malcolm. That would be a really cool one to pull off, not going to lie. I yeah, that would be fantastic. I don't I don't I don't know if I have the physique for that and I don't know if I've got the mannerisms for that. The problem is you have to kind of like be in character just a little bit while you're also dressing up as that person and so I don't know if I've got the proper mannerisms to pull off Ian Malcolm, but you have to work on your your weird laugh in order to properly do. But it's also Gold like Blue. it's also like his speech style. Like I I recognized it a lot more this time around in Dominion. He's like, "You made a promise to a dinosaur." <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. That line delivery is great. Is, I is, love is it so much. That. That delivery, and then when he's playing um, in Thor, and at the very, very end, all of the slaves rise up against him, and he's like, wow, good for you. You guys uh, uh, rose to the challenge, and you succeeded. So we'll call it a tie. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what? Congratulations, it was a tie. Yeah, we'll call it a Don't tie. Don't go home. It was like, it's, it's a tie. so good. I love his delivery. Jeff Goldblum, is, he, he, he plays pretty much the same person in every movie, and I still go watch him be the same person in every movie. Ah, oh, it's great. Okay, I got one more thing to talk about that's under the segment of what are you watching, and then I'm done. Okay. I promise. All right, all right, all right. Then we'll then we'll move on to some of the the recent pop culture event type things. Um, I saw the Lightyear movie. Oh, I've I, been wanting. To I see that. I I saw Buzz Lightyear, and I didn't hate it. I oh, didn't, okay. <laughs> I didn't love it. But I didn't hate it. I think the biggest critique that I would have is more about Andy than it is about Lightyear. Lightyear Lightyear plays it pretty safe as far as its plot goes and its storyline, its development. Like it's not like some original story that we've never seen before. Um, Like a lot of it borrows elements from other movies, but it's still a pretty fun ride. My problem is at the very beginning of the movie, it says something to the effect of, uh, you know, 20 something years ago, a kid named Andy got a Buzz Lightyear toy that was based on his favorite movie. This is that movie. I now question Andy's judgment of film because (laughs) this is his favorite movie. (laughs) Oh God. I don't think I I personally don't feel like this should be anyone's favorite movie. It's, really? It's it's a cute movie. It's a fun movie. I don't think it's favorite movie worthy. And so it actually kind of affects my viewing of Toy Story because like, you know when he picks up the 
the box at his birthday party and he's like waving it over his head with excitement and then he's like let's go to my room guys like he wants to take it out of the box and play with it and all this stuff like he's super excited that he got a toy based on his favorite movie and i just saw his favorite movie and i don't see why it's his favorite that's interesting yeah. i haven't i've i've heard a lot of middling opinions of the movie so far, which hasn't really encouraged me to rush out to the theater and see it. Not to say that I, I have, I, like I genuinely am still wanting to see it and I'm going to see it the first chance I get, but it's probably going to be after the fourth before that happens. Sure. But, uh, you know, I, you know, was, I was hoping for like, Oh yeah, this is great. It looked really, really good. It, honestly, one of the most anticipated movies of, the year for me and then seeing the opinions be like yeah it's okay it's okay it's fine there's nothing special like i thought pixar really had gold on their hands in the year that you know it's just fine those can almost be more frustrating movies yeah to me yeah because pixar is just it's so known for pumping out stuff that is like super high quality and yeah yeah. And this quality is just it's kind of subpar at least to the standard that Pixar should be holding itself to if that makes sense. Like Yeah. Yeah. Like Luca was a good original well animated film. Turning Red it, it's not like my favorite Pixar story, but I appreciate how bold it was. Like they did a lot of things different for this, like for representation and storytelling that was, it was very different. It was very unique, and that is something that Pixar is definitely known for. Lightyear, it's straight up borrowed lines from the original Toy Story movie. Mm. Like, like I guess it's meant to like be nostalgic in nature. It's supposed to like draw you back to the '90s. But all I'm sitting here is is like. Oh, okay. So the movie is quoting the toy that the movie is based on. Like it's very incep <laughs> it's very inception y almost. Right. Very meta. Very meta yeah. in a way. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that this makes me like love it. Because usually what happens is I get really excited for a movie and then I wait a little bit and I read the reviews and people are like, eh, it kind of sucks, and I'm like, oh, that's too bad. And I kind of my excitement kind of dwindles, and then I go in with like more realistic expectations, and yeah. I'm really liking it. So we'll see. Probably, yeah, I'm hoping Tuesday I can get out and actually see see Lightyear, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, um, like like I a was, five dollar really, Tuesday is is totally appropriate for this film. I feel like. Yeah, and uh, I I've promised our good buddy joel davis that uh we, we, he 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 wants to discuss it so i figure might have to plan something special some kind of special discussion uh for light year um with him because uh he's been very much looking forward to it so uh yeah i'm i'm i'm, I'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to it i, I the the bad reviews kind of bum me out but uh i'm still i'm still uh i'm still in the game here man we got so many things to talk about this summer though like i feel like our next episode we're gonna be back on phantom empire in a couple of weeks though today today is canada day and so that's why we're on a different platform right. today it's canada day sean was busy we weren't able to set up the stream properly so we'll be back on phantom empire in a couple of weeks 
Um, but we wanted to try out something on the Zach Arnold Productions page. We wanted to try out a new format. So we just we wanted something completely different this week just to try it out and see how it goes. But a couple of weeks from now, we're going to be talking about Thor. A couple of weeks after that, we're going to be talking about the uh, series finale of Camp Cretaceous. Like we've got we got a pretty busy summer slate still ahead of us. So um, maybe we do another standalone episode like we did for Doctor Strange or something. Or maybe we do another variety type episode like this and make one of the main what are you watching segments be just about Lightyear. I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll 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 see how it goes. Well, also depends on how enthused I am with the movie. <laughs> yeah, true. Because this is the Intergalactic Peace Coalition. If you didn't like it, we're not going to trash it. So, right, right. So uh, if I hated it, then uh, we'll 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 make other arrangements. Right. Okay. So Jesse is in the chat, and I see George is in the chat. Hey, George. Long time no Long see. Long time, man. Long time no see. Um, but Jesse says, how does that work? Wouldn't it just be the quotes the toy used to pull from, or am I misinterpreting what you're saying? Okay, I'm going to go into a little bit of spoilery territory here. Um, in the movie, they land on some planet that they'd never been to before. And so Buzz has to go out and investigate the terrain. And in the original Toy Story movie, he lands on Andy's bed, and he kind of like steps around on it and he says, terrain seems to be a bit unstable. And then he taps his wrist and says, no readout yet if the air is breathable. And there seems to be no sign of intelligent life anywhere. Buzz is on this planet with new terrain and he says that the terrain is a bit unstable. He looks at his scanner and he can't tell if the air is breathable yet. And he hasn't seen any wildlife or any humanoids yet. And so he also says that exact same line no sign of intelligent life anywhere. So the lines being used in the movie are the exact same lines that the Buzz Lightyear toy uses in the 94 film, except now that 94 film toy is based on this movie. So that's like, those are, those are some of the idea that the, 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 the quotes borrowing from itself gets kind of meta, but I yeah. I see where they're where they were going with this, and I understand it was meant to be like a respectful homage. To me, I guess at times it felt maybe a little lazy. There were some times that I really enjoyed, like some subtleties that they incorporated. They even incorporated some stuff from the animated Buzz Lightyear Star Command series, which was I would expect nothing less. At this and, point, and that was and that was pretty cool. So it's it's a very interesting and delicate blend, and uh, also apparently the Buzz Light universe has lightsabers. Oh, okay. I mean, it is kind of a little bit based on Star Wars, so I guess that makes sense. It's loosely based on Star Wars at times, so. It, oh, oh, you're actually the more you talk, the more I'm intrigued. I am the more I'm like, okay, this is. I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this, but uh, I'm intrigued. It, it what, What's really funny is I, I saw, again, I'm on TikTok a lot. Thanks to my fiance, I'm on TikTok a lot. Um, I saw a video of this girl who just made like a, a, a selfie video of herself talking about how she went to Disney recently. And she's like asking these existential questions like, why did they have to make Buzz Lightyear hot? 
Because apparently they've hired actors to dress up in a Buzz Lightyear suit and walk around Disney like they do with the princesses and Star Wars characters in cosplay and whatever. They have they have a Buzz Lightyear and apparently he is like Gaston level handsome or something. And oh my. and so she just made this video that like it didn't even have a picture of him or anything. It was just like, guys, I met Buzz Lightyear today. Why did he have to be so hot? <laughs> like, yeah, there's no they Disney don't hire no ugly people, all right? They're, no, they're, they don't. They're they're all beautiful. Yep. Um, which is why so. I which is why I will never work there. <laughs> <laughs> Same. I have Same. I have a face for radio. I own up to that, okay? <laughs> Which is why oh, I've been God. podcasting for the last eight years, because up until we incorporated YouTube, for the most part, you never had to see my face. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason for that. Yeah, damn good reason ah, for that. Oh, boy, oh, boy. But yeah, Lightyear is is worth the $5 Tuesday matinee. If you've got A-List, it's worth getting it on one of your three free for the week on A-List. But I, I don't know if I would like rush to the theater to go see it. It's definitely one of those ones that you could see at home if you wanted to. Are you sure I shouldn't go right now in the middle of this podcast and go watch it? Just stop you podcasting sure? right now and run. Don't even drive. Just run full sprint until you get to the closest movie theater. <laughs> By the last showing of the night that's starting at 1020 for whatever god-awful reason – and oh god and watch it tonight so that next episode you can give your thoughts on it <laughs> oh jeez i told you that this would be a longer segment the what are we watching we got to get caught up on stuff cuz like you mentioned kenobi stranger things ms marvel i mentioned lightyear monsters at work star trek sitcoms game of thrones um Sunday, I'm going to go see the new Minions movie that just came out. Like this is opening Ooh. weekend for Ooh. the for the Minions: Rise of Gru. I'm going to be going to see that. So next episode, I'll probably give some spoiler free thoughts on that or something. But man, the I, I feel like this is going to be a really good segment for us, just catching up on what's on our watch list. You know? Yeah, this was fun. This was fun. I, I'm I'm looking forward to. Uh, additional uh, installments of this because uh, kind of covering a lot of different different topics because some things, you know, as 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 showcased on this episode in particular, it's like some things I have a lot to say about. Some things I'm like, I watched that and it was fine. <laughs> yep, exactly, exactly. And so we can take as long or as little as we want and cover as many areas as we want. I feel like that really incorporates the variety nature of the IPC podcast, like. We cover all the galaxies. We just covered like 10 of them in the last hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but for sake of time and just to get into the top fives that we asked people to submit over in the Intergalactic Peace Hangout group, we probably do need to go past the, the little newsreel articles that we've got. A lot of them are things that were like a week or so old anyways, like... Um, we, we've gotten information that Howard Stern's going to be involved in a Marvel project, particularly centered around Doctor Doom. I'm intrigued by that, but I need to go read up on Doctor Doom before I get fully excited on that, you know? Right. And right, then right. there's always been this talk, but apparently the rumor mill is swelling up due to the popularity of Stranger Things. But apparently Millie Bobby Brown is in talks to be in some sort of Star Wars project somewhere down the line. But 
I would assume that's not going to happen until she finishes season five, which is the final season of Stranger Things. So that may be a little while down the line as well, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see where where she goes after Stranger Things because uh, obviously uh, she's going to be busy for the next little bit. But after that, I think she's got a great career ahead of her. Absolutely, she absolutely does. The only really big thing that happened like within the last twenty four hours is that Splash Mountain is getting revamped and renamed. And yeah, that's Disney related. It's theme park related. I don't know if I would call it its own galaxy, but it's going to be called Tiana's Bayou Adventure. So they're theming it after the Princess yeah. and the Frog, which is pretty cool because there hasn't been a whole lot about that movie or about that franchise for a few years now. And so to have a big ride like Splash Mountain be incorporating stuff from from that movie is pretty interesting. But I feel like there's going to be a lot of pushback as well because people are going to want it to stay classic, you know? Right. I mean, people always. And then people are going to make it into a race thing. It's like, why do you not want the black girl to be on your ride? It's like, it's not about that. It's because I don't like change, but nobody wants to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. That's. uh... That's basically it. It's just like, and Walt Disney himself said once upon a time, par- these parks aren't meant to be museums. They're meant right. to change and evolve over the years. Like right. nothing is nothing is permanent. And um, you know, gotta get used to it. Come on, guys. Yeah. So that's that was really all the stuff we were going to talk about anyway, and we literally just got that covered in like two or three minutes. So, <laughs> boom, knocked it out. Let's Knocking go. it out. Moving on. Um. We're going to say hello to our patrons and our friends that financially contribute to the show really quick, especially those that are at the friendship tier, the shout out friend tier on our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash IPC podcast. Joey Mays and Jesse Bennett are on that tier uh, currently, but there are several other people that are also financially contributing to the show, and we appreciate everybody um, that that helps keep this thing going. Uh, We could not do what we do without you guys. If you want behind-the-scenes info, exclusive access, a special group that's just for patrons, then you can find out all of those things at patreon.com slash ipcpodcast. One of our uh, patrons, Jesse, has his own podcast, and he likes to promote it here on IPC. It's called Question Possible Answer. And he says, over at QPA, we review movies while also trying to incorporate real-world physics into the movie and see how much the story would change. Sometimes it's as simple as, what if this person wasn't in the movie? For more information, you can check out the socials on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for the phrase, question, possible, answer, and listen on your favorite podcatcher. You're going to want to especially tune in to the newest episode that is dropping July 2nd, which is tomorrow for us when we're recording live. July 2nd, there's going to be a new episode of QPA, and it's going to feature yours truly. My first guest appearance on Question Possible Answer, and we're going to be talking about the Lost World Jurassic Park. Nice. I have a lot of thoughts on that movie. I gave a lot of thoughts on that movie. And um, on that episode, Jesse actually asked me, what's your favorite species of dinosaur? Oh. And that is actually what fed into our top five discussion for the evening, is what are your top five dinosaur species? We only put it... In the Intergalactic Peace Hangout group, which has just over 70 members, somewhere between 70 and 80 members. And 
It was just for them. We didn't put it on the Facebook page. We didn't put it on any of our socials. It was just in that Facebook group. So if you're a part of that Facebook group, look up Intergalactic Peace Hangout. We've got a link to it on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast. If you are in that group, you're going to be able to get access to those top five prompts and you'll get top billing because you're a part of that group, and you get even higher up top billing if you financially contribute to the show. It's a whole hierarchical thing. It's it's all involved. But we wanted to make it like super exclusive so that we weren't reading off like 20 different lists and making this show go longer than it needed to. And I think it worked out pretty well. I think we got five lists, plus we've got our top five, which I think is is a pretty good pretty good blend, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, we got some good... Got some good stuff in here. What's really funny is um, there's a meme that goes around on social media sometimes that's like, growing up sucks. Because once you're (laughs) a grown-up, nobody asks you what your second favorite dinosaur species is anymore or something (laughs) like that. Well, well, guess what? We're going to ask people their second favorite and their third and their fourth and their fifth. So I hope you've got your list, Ben. I was able to make mine in pretty short order i was like yep 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 uh maybe slash yep and yep like it was it See, was okay here's the thing i'm very proud of myself because full disclosure here i am usually a thief when it comes to these things mm-hmm. usually i read through everyone else's lists because i'm very lazy and 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 busy and so usually I won't make my list until like the absolute last minute after I've read everyone else's list. Ha. And then I'll say, oh, I like him. Yeah, I like what he I like what he put in there. I like what he put in there. I like what she put in there. And yep. then I'll make my own list. Did not do that this time. Look at I you. I went completely on my own. And, of course, I used Google, okay, because I couldn't spell some of these things, much less you know, <laughs> re- remember what they're <laughs> called. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but I got a list. I'm very proud of myself. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, to uh, getting it out there, and I'm looking forward to hearing yours. But we've got a few submissions here, and we may as well dive right into them. Yeah. Um, and we got, first up, uh, we've got Joey Mays. Yeah, Joey was one of the first ones to reply, which I'm I'm really excited about. Um, we haven't been able to have Joey on the show just due to conflicting schedules, but we're hoping to have him back on soon. It's always fun getting to talk fandom with him. But anytime we do a top five, you can usually count on people like Joey to submit a list. And uh, Absolutely. he said, I feel like my answers are pretty standard and devoid of uniqueness. Alas, I like what I like. At number five, he's got the Stegosaurus. At number four, the Triceratops. At number three, the Brachiosaurus. Number two, the Velociraptor. And at number one, the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Here's what I really like about Joey's list. He attached Wikipedia links to every single one of them. That is just super clever because if you don't remember what they look like or if you want to be able to like reference them or look them up, they're right there in front of you at your disposal. So super thoughtful and uh, super super helpful. Uh, thank you, Joey, for the list and for the wiki links. Now I get to go yeah. nerd about nerd out about dinosaurs even more now, thanks to you <laughs> providing all those resources for me now. No, this is great. I love I love this because some of these I was I've, I'm I'm up on my my. Uh, my uh my dinosaur knowledge so i i know the difference between you know 
a brachiosaurus and a velociraptor okay i'm not that dumb good lord but, i hope um, you know the difference between those two drastically different species um so but i will say i i i sometimes i sometimes forget what a brachiosaur is or i forget like what it's called mm-hmm. um and sometimes i don't like st- st- stegosaurus i kind of get them the triceratops and the stegosaurus i kind of get them swapped sometimes but i, I can remember steg- triceratops is like you know the big rhino looking dude so like those are kind of uh Kind of easy to spot. I think I know more about dinosaurs than I give myself credit for because um, just sometimes um, I forget. And also I don't have a lot of self-confidence. Don't at me. Um, (laughs) So up next, we got our good buddy uh, Stephen Schindler. And uh, his list uh, goes like this. He says, the ones in the Camp Cretaceous season four (laughs) – um, but no, that's not a fine line. So he says, okay, but really, here's my list in no particular order. He did that um, on purpose. Fi- I swear he did that on purpose. Oh my god, there is. Oh, Steven! Steven! <laughs> you son of a. I swear. Okay, you're trying to get under my skin. I'm gonna ignore it, okay? Because he's just trying. He's just trying to get at me, okay? They know that I push my buttons. Oh. A really good night tonight, and you're trying to get under my skin. Okay, I'm not gonna <laughs> let it happen. Uh, number five, Carnotaur from Dis from the Disney movie Dinosaur. Dinosaur, the movie Dinosaur. I remember that oh, movie. Oh man, um, I remember the, the previews for it way back in the day. I think it was on one of my VHSs I had. Um, uh, number four, Shark Tooth from the Land Before Time. I like he's going like specific dinosaurs, specific yeah. like fictional like, dinosaurs, like I love it. specific individual dinosaurs, like the, not not Carnotaurs. Carnotaur, the Carnotaur from from Dinosaur, Reptar from Rugrats, Sharptooth from Land Before Time, like that. That's really cool. Yeah, uh, and as as you said, number three, Reptar species from Rugrats. Reptar is a species. I thought isn't a Reptar just like a, a T Rex? I thought or so. I, I okay. I, here's the deal. My parents didn't allow me to watch Rugrats growing up. <laughs> Because they thought all the kids were brats, and they didn't want us to behave like them. Okay, I mean, I guess fair. Yeah, Angelica was was really was really kind of evil. Yeah. Um. So, uh, you know, I, I get maybe the here's the, the here's the here's the funny part though. I I remember distinctly watching previews for the Rugrats Runaway Reptar movie during one of the previews for a Blue's Clues VHS that we used to watch. Oh, my god! Because Nickelodeon would cross-promote their content, you know? And so we're watching, I think it's the Blue's Clues movie with Steve and all of them putting on a musical or whatever. And the VHS tape had previews for other stuff like Little Bill and Rugrats. <laughs> which Little Bill, oh my god. Little Bill was another show that was a piece of work. Oh, my gosh. Oh, um, but in the in the preview, they're using like a mechanical reptar, almost like a Mecha Godzilla type of thing. And one of the Rugrats characters that is like doing the motion control from the head cockpit area got a wedgie in his diaper. And the and the mechanized raptor was like terrorizing the city and then just randomly stops, turn around and starts scratching its butt. 
Oh my gosh. Like, why? <laughs> why is that ingrained in my memory? I couldn't tell you what I had for lunch two days ago, but I remember a mechanized raptor from 20 something years ago scratching its butt on a preview of an orange video cassette tape I used to watch. Some things are just ingrained in your memory. You just, when they happen, they're there forever. It's, I'm, I'm mentally scarred, dude. I'm telling you. Yeah, I mean that would that kind of scene would do that to you. Oh boy. Um, okay, moving okay. on. <laughs> uh, real quick, I will finish up Steven's list and say that he has at number two the Megalosaurus from Baby Sinclair species from the TV show Dinosaurs. I think either way, the anthropomorphic kind. So from the TV show Dinosaurs, which is another level of creepy and weird oh dude Uh, i love that level of creepy and weird though the 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 beating you over the head social commentary in it is absolutely hilarious (laughs) so good and then number one bumpy from cat cretaceous bumpy i've met bumpy i met i met a a I don't know what you call it, animatronic puppet version of Bumpy when I did the Jurassic World walkthrough experience with Mondo last year. Oh my gosh. They they had people that were that they were calling themselves like dinosaur handlers or whatever and they would bring out different puppets of different characters and and it wasn't beta but they had like a little baby raptor type of character. They didn't give it a name, <laughs> but they had a baby raptor at one part of the walkthrough and at another part of the walkthrough they had somebody holding Bumpy. Like, they straight up called the dinosaur Bumpy. Like, they were referencing Camp Cretaceous in the show. And I was like, yes! This is so cool. I got to take a picture. I got to take a picture with Bumpy. Also, fun fact about um, Baby Sinclair. Jesse's in the the chat going, I'm the baby! Gotta love me! Oh, I hated that. I hated that so much. But, did you know that the puppeteer who did Baby Sinclair went on to become Elmo. Oh my gosh. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> like, if you watch modern day Elmo and like Elmo's World shorts and stuff like that, it's it's the same puppeteer and the same voice actor. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's amazing. And here's, here's another way of tying all of that together. Michael Jeter, I think that's his name, was on... Jurassic Park 3 and he was also in those little Elmo's World shorts playing Mr. Noodle's brother Mr. Noodle. <laughs> that's that's totally Elmo. Yeah, that's that sounds right. It reminds me of another meme about this person who went to this random hotel and in this in this it wasn't even a hotel, I think it was a motel. And there is a difference. Look it up. But it was it was a motel, and the TVs in the motel weren't working properly. And apparently the only channel that was working was PBS. And so everybody in the complex, while they were getting ready to start their day, had to watch Sesame Street. And it was <laughs> that segment with Mr. Noodle's brother, Mr. Noodle, trying to do some everyday task, like wash his hands. And he kept, like, sticking his head in the bowl or his elbows, or his feet. And the kids would laugh and be like, ha ha ha, no, Mr. Noodle! But he kept doing it wrong every single time. No, Mr. Noodle, your hands! 
the person who was staying in the motel vividly recalls hearing the person in the room next to them at one point finally breaking and just yelling out, God damn it, Mr. Noodle! Because <laughs> they were watching the same thing. <laughs> and they were getting pissed off at this guy for not being able to wash his hands properly. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> oh, man. My mind is going so many places tonight. Let's move on to our next list before I get sidetracked again. Oh, boy. Um, our friend uh, Matthias on the other side of the world was able to see this prompt in time before going to bed. We've actually got a couple of international submissions, which is awesome. Uh, our friend Dan Grievous is going to be up next. Um, Matthias said, it's hard arranging this since I know so few, but here I go. At number five, he's got the Spinosaurus. Mm-hmm. At number four, the Triceratops. Number three, Raptors. Number two, T-Rex. And at number one, Bumpy. He, yes. He, I love that Bumpy is like everybody's favorite dinosaur species. It's not just <laughs> like, name us your top five dino species. Bumpy. Bumpy Bumpy's... is uh, the Bumpyosaurus. <laughs> he also puts in this little addendum. Some of my love for these also come from the animation series Dinosaur King. Are you familiar with it? It was very fun when I was little, but I'm not sure how it holds up now. Dinosaur King TV series. Let me see what this is. Uh, Dinosaur King. Oh, my. This is triggering, like, a part of my memory that I feel like I suppressed at some point. Do you love things like that? It's just like, wow, I haven't seen this in, like... A very long time. You know, it's funny. The posters and the promo art looks very familiar, but I honestly don't recall if I ever actually watched the show or not. I don't think I did, but I feel like when I was watching cartoons and stuff, I would see promos for it on TV, maybe. Interesting. But I don't I don't think I actually watched Dinosaur King, Matthias, but I'm I'm very intrigued by it now. So thanks for sending that in. And thank you for the list. It's awesome. I, I appreciate the inclusion of the Spinosaurus because that is not something that I would include in my list, but I admire people who do put it in their list. Because it is, it is a cool creature, and they do kind of make it a little bit more uh, intimidating in Camp Cretaceous, but the puppet work in Jurassic Park 3 just kind of ruins that dinosaur for me, unfortunately. <laughs> I um, Yeah, I feel it. I feel you. Uh, all right, down to two more lists, and then we do ours. Da-da-da. All right, so uh, one that I was very much anticipating, that uh, very very looking forward to reading, is our good buddy Dan Grievous's list, and uh, he says number five, the Mosasaurus, number four, Carnotaurus, uh, number three, Triceratops, number two, Spinosaurus, and number one. Dilophosaurus. He, he, he adds an addendum, uh, Jurassic Park version, and I couldn't care less how inaccurate it is. That's very true. That is very true. Here's the interesting thing. There's one particular species that is noticeably absent from his list. Mm. I, and I tried to confront him on it, but he never gave me any like justifiable logic or reason behind it. Explain yourself. Why... Would a Carnotaurus be in your top five, but not 
the queen herself, Rexy. And you call you call yourself a Jurassic Park fan. You sir are sitting on a throne of lies. <laughs> How dare you? You're not a oh. true fan. <laughs> no, I'm I'm kidding. Yeah, man. I'm, let's just assume uh, Rexy comes in at, at number six. You know, mm. just just an invisible number six. Honor, honorable mention. I don't know, maybe. But that's it, it's it's a really funny it's a really fun not funny but. F- it, funny, strange, funny, interesting that there are a couple of species on that list that are in the exact same place on my list. <laughs> oh my gosh. So he and That's I were he and I were on a very similar and yet also very different wavelength because like I said, one very noticeable absentee on that list and yet he includes the spinosaurus, which is interesting. Also, I do I share one with him. Only one. We'll, we'll get. To. Well, I, like so, like it's one in, in the same one, place. One in the, in the same s- place. Oh, okay, too. okay, gotcha. One that's in the same place. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I'm intrigued now. I wonder if we're gonna have one that's in the same spot. Interest. Okay. Well, on to our final submission of the evening. George, if you want to send in a list, if you're still listening, maybe you could send it in the chat, and uh, we'll get to it live. Uh, five favorite dino species is the topic for the evening. And uh, Jesse is still tuning in live, and we saved his list for the very end. Uh, At number five, we've got the T-Rex. At number four, we've got the Triceratops. At number three, Velociraptor. At two, Pterodactyl. Is that our first winged one of the evening? Perhaps so. Mosasaurus, Spinosaurus, Raptors, T-Rex, Megalosaurus, Reptar, Sharptooth, Carnotaur, Brachiosaurus, Stegosaurus. Yeah. Out of all the lists we've done so far, Pterodactyl at number two is the only flying dino of the night. There may be one that gets incorporated in our list, but as far as the submissions from other people have gone, that's the only one. And then... Help me out on this, Ben, or maybe Jesse, if you're still tuning in live. The one that's the lost link in the evolutionary trail. What the heck is that? Say what now? <laughs> At number one. I thought one, you were going to explain this to me. The one that's the lost link in the evolutionary trail. Is it just one that's too hard to pronounce and so you just called it that? Or is it something from the Jurassic franchise that I'm missing? I, dinosaur. I'm doing a quick Google search now. Yeah. Dinosaur. Okay, so missing. So missing link. I'm, li- I'm. I just Google missing link. Hypothetical extinct creature halfway in the evolutionary line between modern human beings and their anthropoid progen. I've never seen that word before in my life. Um, in the late latter half of the 19th century, a common misinterpretation of Charles Darwin's work was that humans were linear descended from existing species of. Is this is talking about like human evolution. I'm talking about dinosaurs here. Diplodocus and Brontosaurus. Missing link of the largest creatures to ever roam the Earth. This new dinosaur is believed to have been seven feet long, bipedal, and had a long neck. Okay, Jesse is in the chat. He says the unknown species to lead in the quote-unquote probable evolutionary link. Man, if that's true, that would be fascinating. But it's also really, really tough because most modern perception is that they became birds, not mammals. 
Right. Yeah, because like the your normal like your your sparrows and your stuff like that, they they're kind of uh, better connected to dinosaurs than anything. I think at this stage, you know, who's really well connected to dinosaurs is geese. Those things are vicious. Geese, swans, and turkeys. Those are some of the meanest creatures on the planet, and I'm they glad. Like, I am so glad that I slap them on my sandwiches and eat them at Thanksgiving. The <laughs> fewer of those there are on this planet, the better. My God. Yeah. Thank God um, they lost all the teeth and the size because they would rule this planet. Like, you... <laughs> oh man. You know how for the longest time it was a staple to make a zombies reference in a in an episode. Like it would it would Naturally. be a, it would be a passing cameo reference. And I guess because I said the word, it's it's happening in this episode as well. But um, there's another movie that uh, I know our friend Mondo would want to recommend to us. Um, I think it's on Tubi, and it was a low budget film made on like less than two thousand dollars. It's called Thanks Killing. <laughs> oh no! It's a it's a, it's a cheap ass horror movie about a turkey that exacts revenge on the people who ate its brother for Thanksgiving. Oh my goodness! It's so terrible. It's so awful. So. Yeah, there you have it. If you're bored and drunk one night and you want to get even more wasted, then Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, <laughs> it's awful. And apparently, apparently, it became so popular they made sequels, and one of the sequels is set in space. <laughs> of course, it is. Thanksgiving in outer space. Yes, of course, because why not? But naturally, yeah, I, I'm not, naturally. I'm not, I'm not. I don't think I'll ever be drunk enough to watch that. And I've been I've been pretty drunk before. I've I've mixed wine with tequila. That's how drunk I've been before. It's dangerous. It was Very dangerous. it was awful. I was throwing up half the night. Oh my goodness. Because my body was like, Hey, dumbass, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> Learn. Certain things aren't meant to be mixed. Nope. Nope, learn my lesson the hard way. But we're getting off track again. Let's go to our top five favorite dinosaur species. Yeah, I'm ready. <sighs> do you want to lead off or do you want me to lead off? I'll, I'll lead it off. I think I got my mine is, you know, no honorable mentions. Just jumping into my top five here. Yeah, I didn't do any and honorable my, mentions my, either. Sometimes we do, num- sometimes we don't. But I didn't do any yeah. tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and my number five is, is one, I guess, to be expected. But, you know, it was one that I kind of started with. And then I was like, no, 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 I like this one better. I kept moving up and ended up at number five. Yeah. So my number five is the T-Rex. I mean, it's it's classic. And, you know, it is, you know, very much, you know, the Jurassic franchise has just, like, exploded. Like, I'm sure T-Rexes were always, like, popular. But, uh, you know, definitely the Jurassic franchise has helped along that popularity. And, oh, yeah. Um, it's just a classic Design, let's say design, just classic creature. Like genuinely, like it was a, you know, or some version of it existed long, long time ago. And uh, incredible, incredible beast, classic dinosaur, um, and also just the jokes that come out of this creature. This giant, giant turkey-looking thing with a long tail, 
and tiny arms and just the the thought that goes into how would a T-Rex survive in normal life? How would he make his bed? Dude, it would How would he do normal things with those would, tiny arms? It would flunk out of preschool. Yeah. It would legit flunk out of preschool cuz it couldn't do the crayon drawings during arts and crafts time. <laughs> And it would never be able to participate in the song, If You're Happy and You Know It, Clap Your Hands. <laughs> the poor thing. It would flunk the out of preschool. Evolution did a number on T-Rexes. Jeez. For sure. <laughs> but when somebody says the word dinosaur, I would bet 95 times out of 100, one of the first dinosaurs that comes to mind is the T-Rex. Oh hell yeah! It's it's just it's classic, and it, it's been a part of of dinosaur lore long before Jurassic Park. Like it was it was part of other franchises and, and other films way before Jurassic Park. But Jurassic Park just made it look the most realistic. But oh yeah, yeah that's a that's a really good one. I'm really curious what's in front of it though now because. Uh, I expected it to be on the list. I didn't expect it to be so low on the list. So I'm really curious what else you've got now. Um, My number five, I mentioned this earlier. I've got some that are in line with our friend Dan Grievous, and my number five is actually in line with his number five. It's the Mosasaurus. Ah, yeah. I, I, I love aquatic creatures i grew up loving sharks and the idea of having like a splash show at jurassic world but it being an aquatic dinosaur is just that would make my life if it was real and one of my favorite shots in dominion is the one where the mosasaurus is swimming next to some humpback whales like i i just i i i need to get onto Apple TV Plus to watch Prehistoric Planet just to see if they've got any aquatic-based creatures in their, you know, CGI documentary. Because if they do, I'm just going to be watching that on loop for days. That does sound incredible. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to check that out myself. It's really cool. I got, I got an offer from my mobile provider to get a year free of Apple TV Plus, and I'm going to take them up on it so I can watch that and so I can watch... That Jason Momoa TV show C or Sight, something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's a, a show that's like Bob's Burgers animation style that's set in New York called Central Park. I want to try that out too. Ooh, so, interesting. I've got I've got reasons to subscribe. I just don't want to pay for one more service, you know. So <laughs> yeah, now, that's that's that that's where I'm stuck. Is just like I want to watch more shows, but. Dang it. It's going to cost money. I don't want to pay for it. Yeah. So now that I've got the free trial for a year, I'm probably going to take them up on it. But yeah, Mosasaurus at number five. All right. Um, so for me, my number four is one that, I mean, it's very awe-inspiring, had some great moments in the original Jurassic Park movie. Um, incredible just just the size of this thing like there's no there's no animal nowadays that is anywhere near the the size and and breadth that this thing is and then has one of the most heartbreaking moments in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom it's the Brachiosaurus oh man 
and just an incredible thing. So, you know, it always when you're when you're in Jurassic movies and they're always these awe inspiring moments of like, oh, my God, dinosaurs are amazing. They're not just terrifying. They're amazing. Um, Brachiosaurus is always there to kind of remind you, hey, you know, the just the wonder of dinosaurs. And, you know, they're just huge and, and incredible creatures and, uh, you know, just crazy. I I love the 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 scene in the ninety three park film where Alan stands up and sees them for the first time and you can you can tell in Sam Neill's performance that like all of his research, all of his theories, all of the things that he ever hoped to see, he's seeing before his eyes for the very first time. And it's like his life is being made. And, and the the way that he presents his character is how I feel like I would be if I saw a dinosaur for the first time, you know? And it's just, it's so fitting that the Brachiosaur would be one of the first ones that you see. Because, like you said, it's it's massive, and it's gentle, and it's it's gorgeous. And Oh, yeah. And I, and I did, I did get really mad at, at, J.A. Bayona for killing that creature off <laughs> in such a gut wrenching moment, but oh, it was it was man. beautiful. Yeah, yeah, double edged sword there. It is. It really is. Um, my number four is actually kind of a new player on the scene. I didn't really know a whole lot about this dinosaur until I had to start doing some research. Whenever our friend Dan Grievous actually revealed to us that this dinosaur was going to be in Dominion. Um, but now, now that I've seen it and now that I've kind of seen it in action in Dominion, it's actually vaulted its way into my top five. And, uh, my number four is the Therizinosaurus. Oh, I don't know how to spell it. (laughs) I think that's how you spell it. Yeah. It's like you either nail the pronunciation or the spelling. You can't do both. Can't do both. The Therizinosaurus was a a plant eater, but in the movie, they also made it very territorial. And at times, I felt like it was being the Shrek of the Jurassic franchise. Because it got really... What are you doing in my swamp? Exactly! The way that his claws just reach out and swipe at the deer and just (laughs) knock it out of its way, and then it kind of roared at it. I felt like that was the dinosaur version of saying, Get out of my swamp! (laughs) <laughs> it's true though um and you know i i and actually there's a great scene um there's a video with uh colin trevorrow he talks about that specific scene with uh bryce dallas howard and mm-hmm. kind of breaks it down directorially and uh you know talks about how you know they they kind of wanted to take one of the you know a plant eater but make make it so like hey there's also some some vegetarians that are also kind of terrifying. Yeah. And uh, that that one is like, he's not going to eat you, but he might kill you just for being in his swamp. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah, I'm, I might not eat you, but I'll still kill you. And, and to see it as a legitimate threat against the Giganotosaurus was, was really interesting. I was like, I was not expecting to see the Therizinosaurus and the Giganotosaurus fighting arena style in this movie like that was not on my radar of things to watch 
or watch for in this movie, but it ended up becoming one of my favorite things to watch. Because, like you said, uh, it's a plant eater, but it'll still mess you up. And it held its own and then was able to kill an apex predator using its claws, which I thought was really, really interesting. Yeah, that... Oh, man, the the Rex knocking the Giga into their claws. Oh, my God, that's just... Oh, gnarly, man. I loved it. I, I, I loved that scene because the, the, the light on the eye that woke Rexy back up felt very reminiscent of the light that Lex shone on her in the 93 film. They made the, the pupil kind of condense just like they did in the 93 film. And it was like the oh. thing that kind of woke her back up and prompted her to keep going. And I was like, that is very small and very subtle, but also very smooth, nicely done. And to have it be like a two-on-one type of battle like that was really, really fun to see. Because on her own, Rexy's probably not strong enough. But in a 2v1, and that's the interesting thing. Rexy wasn't really strong enough to defeat um, the Indominus in the 2015 film either. But she did get help from the Mosasaurus. And then in this one, she's not really strong enough to defeat the Giga, but she gets help from the Therizinosaurus this time. So right, right. She's, a, she's a team player when it comes to fights to the death. And I feel like that's part of why she's lasted as long as she has. Like, that's why she's still if, alive. Uh, if, if, uh, if Rexy had her own theme song, it would probably be, I get by with a little help. From my friends. <laughs> I was thinking it'd be staying alive by the Bee Gees. <laughs> <laughs> that also. That ah, also. <laughs> ah, 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 staying alive. Somebody make somebody make a video about it. Actually, actually, I shouldn't even like utter that because like Dan Grievous will do that. He will make a music video with Rexy like dancing to "Staying Alive." <laughs> well, okay. Rexy lets out a really long roar, right? And they hold that that eye in alive at at, at one point in the song. You know what I'm talking about? There's yeah. Like, Staying alive. Imagine if that was in place of Rexy's roar. That I think you're onto something here. This is scary. <laughs> this is scary because. I might have to before the night's over, like try my hand at like video editing and make this happen because, uh, oh boy, there's a lot there, there's a lot there. Well, if if you do that, I will be reposting the heck out of that on all major platforms. I might, I might, I may even like try to take it and put it on my TikTok if you'll let me. <laughs> oh yeah, see, and that and that's that's the bad thing about it is like you know usually if i get something in my head and i can't get it out i can see it which i can see this thing right now I'm oh like, yeah i have to do this this is this is bad mm-hmm. um but i am not a video editor this is not my forte i wouldn't have any idea what i'm doing but my god someone needs to make that happen anyway <laughs> on to your okay. number three my number three is one that i yeah okay yeah jurassic park three gets a lot of bad raps oh, for a no. lot of different reasons but I couldn't help this. For a lot of different reasons, I put this dinosaur uh, cl- up closer to the top of my list than others. And just the Spinosaurus, man. Like, oh. it's, it is 
I know it's probably not accurate in the movie. I know it's not like, you know, it's not as well represented in the movie. I know I'm still not happy that we didn't get a Spino in Dominion. But um, what an incredible creature. Like, you know, kind of this, like, you take dinosaurs, a lot of them are very creepy, very scary. <laughs> Why were you talking about them? And, and we have six Jurassic Park movies. Um, but the fact is, is that you take, like, the scariness of, like, oh, it's T-Rex, it's huge, it's going to eat you. This is like, oh, it's a giant, like, crocodile thing with, like, a giant fin on its back, and it can swim as well as yeah. run really fast on land. That is terrifying. Um, and the fact is that, like, the closest thing we have to dinosaurs that really are, I think, basically dinosaurs themselves is crocodiles and alligators. Yeah. And those are two creatures that, like, are fascinating to me. I've seen both of them, both in zoos and in the wild. They're incredible to see, but they're also freaking terrifying. Because they are literally dinosaurs. They are the closest thing we have to dinosaurs. Um, and imagining, you know, a spino is like a giant crocodile. It's got that little nose kind of like a crocodile. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it can swim. And you have that. I mean, genuinely, that great sequence on the boat in Jurassic Park 3 where it's like coming up behind the boat. And you can see the fin pop up out of the water. Really good. Like, they, there's some good sequences in that movie. And the Spino is a genuinely, like, interesting and terrifying dinosaur. So uh, that's why it makes my number three. Well, I mean, the satellite phone in its stomach is terrifying, at least. <laughs> exactly. See, when I first watched Jurassic Park 3, that scene got me. And then all the ensuing scenes, it makes my eyes roll. <laughs> Naturally. Naturally. And, I, and I, again, I think it's the puppet work. Because I watched it recently in anticipation of Dominion, and I didn't hate the scenes that were CGI. But when they do the animatronic stuff, it was such a big undertaking. Like, I read somewhere, it, up until the Giga, it was, like, the biggest animatronic ever made. And I think it was so big that it just became bulky and puppet-like. And, and it didn't intimidate me all that much. You there's clear moments when it's attacking the plane where you can see like it jerking around. Yeah. And like clearly like it's not like that articulated. So it's just like this big like stiff puppet like jerking around. And it's like, mm -hmm. nah, I'm not buying this. Like there's there's you know, there's a lot of animatronic work in the original Jurassic Park movie. They did so well to cover it up they put rain and darkness yeah. and, and fog and stuff like that and they all it also is really good there's something about that spino that just does not look right it looks great like when it's cg because it's cg and right. it's you know 2001 and they had really good cg and it was very fluid but you know the the, the ironically everyone complains about cg i'll say they should cgi over the <laughs> over the puppet yeah i i would actually be okay with that i i wouldn't I wouldn't hate that, but I did like the appearance of the the Spino that was in Camp Cretaceous. But I'm mm -hmm. I'm with you. When I saw the fins in the Amber Caves in Dominion, I was like, oh, "Are we actually gonna get one?" And then it turned out to be a Dimetrodon, and I was like, "Okay, I still like that, 
But I probably would have liked seeing a Spino even more. Like, they didn't even try. They they were just, they were not going that direction at all. They went with so many other different species and so many other different creatures that they were just, like, staying away from the trap that is the Spino. And I get it, but I also wish that they had taken that risk and, and would have shown us one, even in passing. But, like, even if there had been some sort of moment with one in there, maybe at the black market or something, you know? That'd be cool. It it should have been somewhere. I'm 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 sad that it wasn't. Make make the Spino the main antagonist in Jurassic Park Seven. Do it. I mean, uh, apparently Site B is still rather intact, from from what I've heard. Because they they pulled a lot of animals from there, and then also the ones that they extracted from where the volcano blew up but the volcano only blew up on the original island it didn't blow up on site b yeah yeah it's good good so, bit far away so uh the, the, theoretically it could happen but i don't know if it's going to uh i'm not going to touch on my number three too too much because we already kind of did cover it quite a bit um the t-rex is is okay. number, is, yeah, number yeah, yeah, yeah. is number three for me i really liked what she did in season two of camp cretaceous if you haven't seen Camp Cretaceous Season 2, I highly recommend watching that. And I actually liked the T-Rex family in The Lost World. I liked the inclusion of family properties and, and parenting traits and defense of your territory. It made them more like actual creatures, like animals, rather than monsters. And it doesn't necessarily, quote-unquote, humanize them, but... I appreciated the effort that they went to to show more of a family structure rather than an isolated individual chasing after everything. Yeah. So I yeah, yeah just that's he's there. I just love it. It's it's part of it's part of my childhood in a lot of different ways and especially in the Jurassic Park franchise. So yeah, T-Rex is at number 3 for me. Interesting. All right. So my second choice. <laughs> you have learned it, over the years, haven't you? I've learned. I've learned. And it's one that's gotten mentioned, but not not by the species name. Not by the species name. I I did my research, guys. And I can say number two on my list is the Ankylosaurus. Ah. A.K.A. Bumpy species. The bumpy species. Whoa. And, it didn't autocorrect. I spelled that correct. Really? Wow. I, I filled Good. it in in the notes, and I, and it didn't put a red line underneath it. So I spelled that right. I'm so proud of oh, myself. Wow. Boom. Nailed it. Um. So for me, it doesn't just like – obviously, bumpy. Bumpy is – great but also like i love i I love their like i love their whole thing they're kind of like turtles but they're you know they're these herbivores but like the 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 carnivores won't mess with them because obviously like they've got giant tails and they've got these hard spiky backs and like they're really badass but they're also like kind of chill with the humans like they're not gonna you know that well, obviously we have bumpy who's just great 
Um, but also, I like how they they use them in the original Jurassic World. I like how that whole mm. thing with uh, when uh, like that that sequence with uh, the Indominus when it attacks them, like you know, it's oh. very brutal. But like <sighs> they keep getting ping ponged around in the pod from getting hit with those things. It's uh-huh. just great. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where the Ankylosaurus uh, love started with me, and then I uh, just just keeps going in Camp Cretaceous, which is great. Yeah, yeah. Camp Cretaceous gave me like a newfound appreciation for them, but I did really like that scene um, with with the with the what do they call them? The, they don't call them pods. They called it something else. Uh, the, I forgot. Oof, gosh, I can't. But remember. I would love to be in one of those. It's like a sphere. That's like a cart almost, and it's just it's such a cool way to get around and keeps you safe, but also lets you be able to view everything. Like they need to invent that for safaris, so that you're not taking those thirty-year-old jeeps to go look at lions and elephants. Right. Um, yeah. So uh, the the yeah that, the, that should be a real thing. The bumpy species. I love it. Bumpy. <laughs> It's it's a great one, and that, and that's a really solid choice. Uh, I, you know, it's kind of funny. I don't think I have very many herbivores on my list. I've got the Therizinosaurus, but the Mosasaurus and the T Rex, and I'm pretty sure my number one is also a a carnivore. But I think my number two is also an herbivore. I believe so. Um, but I'm not going to be able to spell this one correctly. I promise you. I'm going to try and type it in and see. Uh, did I actually get that? Or is it just so bad that Google doesn't know if I spelled it right or not? <laughs> My number two is the Parasaurolophus. 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 Oh, I'm missing a U in there. S-A-U. The Parasaurolophus is the one that... um. Chris Pratt is tracking down in the snow at the beginning of Dominion. That's, yes. That's, okay. That's got the, the, the horn that kind of comes out of the top of its head and it's on two feet with like two shorter arms. It's believed that the horn was not just used as like a possible defense mechanism. Cause it's not a spiked horn, you know, it kind of right. curves back. So, um, a lot of research believes that it was a combination of sex appeal and a resonance chamber for communicating. <laughs> okay. So you could you could talk out of your horn and let other prospective mates know just how horny you are. Yeah, yeah, something something to, something to let the ladies know <laughs> you're 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 uh you're into them. Uh, yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, wait. Why does it say no? What? Did... I don't understand. I don't understand. <laughs> but here's here's why it's my second favorite. They were in one of my favorite childhood productions growing up. It was a prehistoric episode of the Magic School Bus. Oh. And in that version, their horns actually light up. They were they were bioluminescent, and weren't some of the Parasaurolophuses in Camp Cretaceous also bioluminescent? Yes, yes, you're correct. So maybe there's something to that. If it was in Magic School Bus and it's in Camp Cretaceous, maybe that was a thing to a certain extent. 
Or maybe they were just yeah. genetically engineered that way so that they would look pretty for the ride. Who knows? Yeah, that's that's the thing with like Jurassic Park movies. It's like they kind of go off of what they know at the time, which is often disproven later. And then, you know, they're also using creative license to kind of like make them look cool, which is things. And then in universe, it's like, well, they're not accurate because we're recreating things from, you know, millions of years ago. Well, we, they, they don't even know what they look like. You know, they're just taking DNA out of a, out of a, you know, a, a mosquito an ancient mosquito and just recreating this dinosaur and they're filling in the blanks with reptile DNA. Mm-hmm. So in the movies, it actually makes sense that, yeah, some of them aren't exactly accurate. Like I love, I love BD Wong's line. like, you didn't want accuracy. You just wanted to be scary. Like yep. that's why this thing's like, that's like one of the best uses of like, yeah, this is, this is all kind of, you know, the, the biggest justification for like why things aren't quite scientifically accurate. Right, right. Although I do admit I kind of liked how they tried to blend the ones that they believe were scientifically accurate in the 90s in those like Velociraptors and T-Rexes while also incorporating more scientifically accurate species today like the Pyroraptor and the Atrociraptor in Dominion. Like, those are more accurate to the models that they've got today versus the ones that we saw back in the 90s. Yeah. So I I appreciate the effort that they went to with that. Okay, before we do our number ones, I'm going to read off our friend George's list. Um, He was actually able to send something to us a little while ago. He's got the T-Rex, the Styracosaurus, the Pteranodon, the Diplodocus, and the Velociraptor. There you go. So I had to double check just to make sure the Styracosaurus is one that kind of looks like a Cynoceratops. It's only got one horn coming out the front, and then it's got like a shielded head with a bunch of horns around the top of the shield. So it looks a lot like a Cynoceratops. And then the Diplodocus looks a lot like a Brachiosaur, but the Brachiosaur's neck goes vertical, while the Diplodocus's neck often goes more forward out. So it's a, it's another long-necked, long-tailed sauropod, but it doesn't go up as high. It seems to go more horizontal than it does vertical. Yeah. I asked him if he had it in any particular order, and guess what he said? No particular order. No, not another one. <laughs> I specifically said, is T-Rex at five or is it at one? But I just read them off in order. So we're going to assume Velociraptor is number one, George, because you saved the best for last. There you go. Yeah, that, that sounds right to me. Speaking of which, we're now saving our best for last. What is the number one dinosaur on Mr. Hart's list? All right. So this is a classic one that made an impression way back when and just like all the like again maybe not the most scientifically historically accurate but how they're presented in the movies is all we really have to go on us us laymen us non-scientists and it's just so great it's just so great and recently made a return in dominion for the first time since the original movie and it's the one that i said 
was that I shared specifically with uh, our good buddy Dan Grievous. It is the Dilophosaurus. And just all the moving pieces of like it kind of shows up and especially like in the original movie, they're like, you know, they're looking around. They're kind of like, you know, it's kind of small, so it's not necessarily threatening. It's got the little two little fins on the top of his head. Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, OK, what kind of dinosaur is this? And then the, you know, the, the the this just incredible mane comes around out of nowhere, almost materializes and just shakes and does this whole thing and then makes the hissing noise. And then that goop that comes out of his, I guess, his nose or whatever. I don't know. Just an incredible like. I don't know if it's I don't know if I should credit Mother Nature or the Jurassic Park producers. Maybe a little bit of both, but just an incredible dinosaur that's just like, wow, this is cool. And, uh, you know, I'm glad they put them to good use in uh, Dominion because there was two great sequences of not just Dodgson getting uh, getting his comeuppance, comeuppance, but also uh, Claire having to come up next to one and just, you know, terrifying. The poetry of it all where Dodson trips and tries to escape back into his vehicle where one of those is waiting for him. It's like 20, it took 20 years or whatever, but he's dying almost the exact same way that Nedry did. Oh yeah. And I, and I loved it. I thought that was so poetic. It was, it was so good. I enjoyed that so much. Are you looking at the notes right now by any chance? Um, uh, um, yes. Okay. Uh, take a look at something really quick. Um, do you have our lists on the on the screen right now? Yeah. Take a look at this. <laughs> For those of you that can't see, because we're not doing screen sharing, I just put the Dilophosaurus at my number one as well, and that was Ben's live reaction to me hitting the paste button at my number one slot. It's the number one from Dan Grievous's list. It's the number one on Ben's list. And it's the number one on my list. I love the attention that they command on the screen because they look and sound and act so differently from any other dinosaur on the screen. The shrill roar that they have. They've got a, a clicking noise that, that sounds very intimidating as well. The venom that I think they spit. I don't know if it comes out of the nose. I think they spit it. The venom that that is supposed to incapacitate its prey. The sequence that you have with Nedry. The sequence that you have with Dodson. The sequence that Claire has with it. Like, I straight up thought she was going to get the venom and that there was going to have to be some sort of like an anti-venom that got applied to her or something. Like, every time they're on the screen, they're like little ninjas. And they're pack hunters. So they're just as dangerous and intimidating as a raptor, in my opinion. But there's also some incorporation of realism with those types of dinosaurs as well. Because there is a species of lizard down in Australia, I think it's called the frilled lizard, that has a neck just like that. Where when it is threatened, it tries to make itself bigger and will flare out its neck just like the Dilophosaurus does when it's about to attack. And so, yeah, maybe there are some issues with how they are 
in, in scientific models. But the presence that they command in the Jurassic films and even in Camp Cretaceous is unmatched, in my opinion. And that is why it's my favorite. I said it was my favorite on the uh, the pre-recorded episode of Question Possible Answer that's going to be releasing tomorrow. And it's my favorite on this episode of IPC that we're doing as well. Totally. I, I love I love that like I tapped into something because you and Dan are two of the biggest Jurassic Park fans out there. And like like Dilophosaurus just kind of stuck out to me like when I was thinking about, okay, what's my number one? Dilophosaurus. There's something about it just that I love and like it's got to be my number one. So I kind of built my list around Dilophosaurus being number one. Yep. Like that was from the get-go. Yep. Um, and I love that I'm not alone in that. It's crazy. There's a lot of those types of people out there. Mondo had to go and see a, a movie tonight. Otherwise, I would have asked him for his opinion as well. But maybe we can get his top five dinos at another time to be determined. But I have a feeling the Dilophosaurus would be on his list as well because he likes to dress up as Dennis Nedry. And the scene with the Dilophosaurus is basically Nedry's most famous scene. So um, I feel like it would probably be on his list as well. Yeah. Jesse had to go for the evening, but he said, another great show, guys. I love the new format. The QPA guest starring Zach's going to be available tomorrow by noon. So uh, if, nice. you're, if you're in the central time, it's noon. It's uh, 1 o'clock Eastern time, so whatever. But, uh, yeah, those are our fives. And whenever we do a variety program like this, we're going to try and incorporate the top five segment because that's one of the most popular parts of IPC that we just don't get to do as often as we used to anymore. So... Whenever we do a variety show, it's going to have a little bit of news. It's going to have a little bit of getting caught up on what we're watching. It's going to have an icebreaker, and it's going to have a top five as a part of it. So those are all yeah. things to look forward to when this type of format of the show takes place. Right, and definitely uh, join the Peacekeeper group. We'll, 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 we, that's kind of our main uh, place where we're communicating with people. And uh, so, yeah, definitely be in that group so you can be part of the top five, stuff like that. We're going to yep. keep things. I'm not saying we'll never ask, like, the general public for lists, but we want to make sure you guys that are loyal listeners and, and watchers uh, are covered. Um, and, you know, sometimes we don't always have all the time in the world to read everyone's list. Um, so we want to take care of the people that are uh, actually listening and uh, supporting us. So, uh Yeah. Definitely do that. Yeah. Financial contributors get access to the Peacekeeper Core, which is a private group, and you can become a patron at patreon.com slash IPC podcast. But we also have a free group called the Intergalactic Peace Hangout. And if you want to be a part of that, you will find those top five prompts. But if you are a contributor, then the floor will be open for you to suggest top fives. We will specifically ask you what top five segment do you want us to talk about? And then we'll present it to the public group for them to provide input on. So there's different dynamics depending on the group that you're part of. And all of that fun can be had over on Facebook. So be sure to go check out all of our socials. But before we give you all of our social information, we've got one more segment to do to close out the night. And it's one that pertains to a loyal listener of ours, Star Raptor, who just happens to have his own podcast on Friday nights now. So he can't be a part of this conversation, but we can kind of talk about him a little bit, I guess. 
So if you're listening live still, go ahead and get out your hashtags. If you're listening uh, after the fact, which probably most of you are, which is cool. I, I get it. You like to listen to us on your commute or whatever. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in however you find us. But go ahead and get out those hashtags because it's time for another edition of Hashtag BBQ Watch. Barbecue. 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 Okay, so for this episode of Barbecue Watch, Ben, you actually wrote me specifically and said that you wanted to cover this. Because you had heard about this place that our friend Star Raptor went to, and you had you had some thoughts on it, I believe. I, I'm I'm kind of curious. This is this is your segment tonight. Okay, well, I'll I'll give the abridged version um, of what happened. So basically, uh, went um, uh, took a trip recently uh, to Star Wars Celebration, um, and on the way to Star Wars Celebration, uh, drove through. Uh, the Midwest, including all the way to Indianapolis, Indiana, where I took a plane right out there. Um, my parents were with me, were with me um, and uh, you know it, it was uh, you know so we had a great trip and we did and one of the places that we went through was uh, I can't remember where exactly this was actually. I just remember coming up on this place and we went by this place. It was closed. It was kind of late at night. And we saw, oh, Mission Barbecue. Okay, this is interesting. What's what's this all about? Um, so we're like, okay, yeah, we're going to try that place. You know, if we're ever in the area again, we want to check it out because we don't have these at home. So we went through the whole trip, and I left my parents off and did several days in celebration and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, I came back, and uh, they immediately started talking about, oh, Mission Barbecue. We tried this place. You have to try this. We they went it. without you? Yeah, they went without me. Wow. Well, I mean, they had several days of, of eating. They had to eat somewhere. And so I wasn't sore about it. I wasn't sore about it. But I definitely was like, okay, I want to I try this place. It sounds good. And they were like raving about it. Like, oh, my God, this is, this is amazing. So, you know, that all happened. And I didn't think much more of it. And we, we came home. We didn't really we, – we were kind of an expedited trip home. We didn't hang around too much. It was pretty quick getting home. So didn't get a chance to eat at Mission Barbecue on the way home. And so one thing leads to another. I get a notification. And knowing me, I don't always check my Twitter like religiously. Sometimes it goes goes several days, even a week or two before I actually check it. But I got a notification from Star Raptor saying, hey, and he says, quote, fantastic pulled pork sandwich that I topped off with some Kansas City barbecue sauce. Hashtag BBQ watch at IPC podcast at Zach the voice and at Ben Hart with no E. So uh, which is something you guys definitely can do anytime you you, you have a good meal tweet it as we please can do that please do that i want to be jealous of your barbecue exploits yeah so um so he did that i saw the notification i didn't look at it right away I, obviously because i'm like oh, i want to respond to that but I, I i'm too busy at work or whatever else i can't really do that so 
I let it go. And then a couple, like a day later, I get a notification. Mission Barbecue replied to you. I'm like, wait a minute. What? <laughs> what is this? This place my parents were telling me that I should try is talking to me on Twitter. What is this madness? Wow. And lo and behold, the place that Star Raptor had visited was none other than Mission Barbecue. And Mission Barbecue actually is a great big chain across the entire Midwest, including New Jersey, which I believe is very close to where Star Raptor lives. Oh, of all things. So, so that's where he ate. So, and he had a, a great looking purple sandwich with some fries on the side. And uh, yeah, long story short, um, I'm hungry for some Mission Barbecue that I have yet to eat. <laughs> oh man, there are some places like that where you see the pictures of their food, and even if you haven't been there or if you haven't like eaten that particular dish of theirs before, you're sitting there looking at it, going, "Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I need, I need this in my life." I'm 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 looking at their at their different addresses now and I see Virginia, I see Maryland, lots of Maryland, Baltimore area, Ohio, coming soon to Bowling Green, Kentucky, mm. Florida, Brandon, Florida, Wisconsin, and Maryland, Pennsylvania, Canton, Ohio, Virginia, Virginia, Chattanooga, Virginia, Virginia, Indiana, Tennessee. I keep hitting the refresh button trying to see if it'll show me more. Virginia, Virginia, Maryland, Iowa, Florida, Davie. Yep, there's one in New Jersey. Deptford, New Jersey. Illinois, Maryland. Yeah, it's there they've got it's a very big chain. There's like a couple dozen. Let me see. Choose your state. Texas is not an option. That's a red flag right there. One, two, yeah. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. It spans eighteen states though. Interesting. That's a that's a very wide swath, and they just somehow happened to miss the deep south. I didn't see Mississippi on the list, and I didn't see Texas on the list. So how if, dare they? If we go, we're gonna have to make some sort of a road trip, I guess. Oh darn! <laughs> well, well, well. That was uh, that was fun. Thanks, Star Raptor, for that uh, wild story. And uh, yeah, can't wait to try it. Yeah. Thank you for actually participating in hashtag BBQ watch. I love getting to follow up on the hashtag and, and actually see what kind of barbecue people are having. Be sure to use that hashtag and be sure to tweet at us or uh, catch up with us on different socials. Um, I believe it's Carl's Jr. and Hardy's that are doing dinosaur themed food right now in honor of Jurassic World. So probably need to try and head out to one of those places so we can do like a dino theme barbecue watch at some point but uh that would be fun definitely not going to have time to do it tonight but be sure to find us on all of our socials ipc podcast facebook twitter and instagram the intergalactic peace hangout or the peacekeeper core you can find us at patreon.com slash ipc podcast you can find swag at tpublic.com slash user slash ipc podcast you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox, iHeartRadio, all kinds of awesome places. 
wherever your uh, podcatcher can be found. Um, so be sure to follow us on all those different places. We're usually on Phantom Empire. We were on Mixler slash Zach Arnold Productions tonight as a way to help get my little production studio up and running and have a little bit of a showreel portfolio to work with. So uh, we appreciate you guys being a part of the fun tonight. And we're looking forward to a couple of weeks from now when we supposedly are going to be talking about the new Thor movie that's coming out next week. So uh, be on the lookout for our July 15th episode when we'll be most likely talking about Thor Love and Thunder. But uh, between now and then, where can the folks at home keep up with you, Ben? Um, they can follow me on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the places at Ben Hart with No E. Um, that's where I post my personal stuff, and I, I'm 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 kind of active in all those places, so definitely check that out. And then uh, at the Star Wars Underworld and at Culture Slate. We're always keeping busy. You just got to figure out where exactly we're keeping busy on. But uh, it's going to be another busy couple of weeks between now and our next episode. So. Uh, be sure to follow along for all the fun that happens in between. But I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. For Ben Hart, I'm Zach Arnold. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. But until then, good night, everyone.